Hi, welcome to the Mammoth Games Cast. I'm one of your hosts, Night Swarm. With me, as always, these other two. Not filter cord. Not filter cord. This is an AI. I am filter cord. I was programmed by Gilbert Godfrey. Oh, no, that's oh god damn it! They brought me back! Racism activated. <laughs> they could have almost gotten him to do a better clap track. Bro! Tsunami jokes activated. <laughs> Hold up. Gilbert Gottfried in the Borderlands movie has any role I'm having. Okay, okay. What, we, okay, well, I mean, if we're putting Kevin Hart in his role, and there's no reason he can't be rolling. For real. That would be entertaining. What if Gilbert Gottfried is the fucking bird? <laughs> yeah, no, that's funny. Because he, he plays funny. bird sometimes. <laughs> Right, he's often plays birds for some reason. Yeah, Maybe it's because he's foul. Mm. So we'll let John Leguizamo be Mordecai, and then mm-hmm. we'll let Gilbert Gottfried be Bloodwing. Yeah, I don't see anything wrong with it. Hell yeah. All right. Well, it's been put out there. Just got to pick it up, you know? So this is an official casting announcement. <laughs> uh, but we're going to have to go through some channels to get this back to the old, uh, the old board. But uh, we'll see what happens. We're gonna fucking wait like three hours after we record this episode. That's gonna get announced. It's got. <laughs> that'd be cool. Uh, that'd be fun. You heard it here later, folks, because you're not hearing it until tomorrow. You heard it here last. Hey. All right. We actually have quite a big show. Um, a lot of stuff happened this week. A really big uh, show. A really big. A really big. Yeah, we're starting to get into like a more normal um, time of year news time of year yeah yeah yeah. um but why don't we just go ahead and kick it off by talking a little bit about the games with gold and playstation plus yeah it's free shit time um it is hell yeah it's my favorite time microsoft Mm -hmm. came out swinging first letting us know what our games with gold are going to be for the month um including some great titles um like warface breakout cold sun Mm. What's Vicious a, Attack, Warface? Llama Apocalypse, Metal Slug 3, and Port Royal 3. Wasn't Warface the free game that was on PlayStation 4 when it launched? Um, yeah. Maybe, but this isn't the same one. No, this one broke out. Yeah, apparently there's different Warface games. <laughs> it's weird. Huh. But, That's weird. Uh, yeah, so effective the first through the fifth, uh, the first of the month you can get Warface Breakout, Cold Sun. Uh, you can also get Metal Slug Three up to the fifteenth, and then on March sixteenth, the new titles kick off with Vicious Attack, Lava Apocalypse, and Port Royale Three. Mm. Uh, Port Royale Three is not to be confused with a battle royale game. It is actually just a pirate game. Yeah, it's like a uh, trading economy simulator, sort of. Is it? I don't know why I was thinking it was more of like a, uh, um, like an RPG thing. Maybe I'm thinking of a different title though. No, you're thinking of that fucking one that we got for free on uh, PlayStation Plus a couple months ago. What was that one? That was like a colonial simulator sort of RPG. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah so we all know we it. All, we all love we it. We all know it. We we've never played it. Um, <laughs> Nope. 
Now there are. Uh, I played about yeah. You play about six minutes of it, and you're like, okay. I guess yeah, Portrayal Three says it's tur- it's the turbulent 17th century, and you are a young sea captain whose mm. only goal is to be the most powerful man in the New World. To achieve your goal, either choose to be a trader, developing trade routes to earn fortune, mm. glory, and power, or become oh. an adventurer, plundering, invading, and leading your ships on beautiful 3D naval battles. Yar. So sail on 16 different ships from versatile frigates to powerful galleons, and build your empire in the Caribbean. Sure. Okay. So yeah, it's got RPG elements. For so sure. Metal Slug is the best game that we're getting out of this. Oh, by far. Right. By far. <laughs> I mean, it's obviously the llama game. I okay, mean. there is the argument for the the vicious attack llama apocalypse. Game. Yeah, but that's literally just mm-hmm. the name. The name is the argument. For right. That one. But what else do you need? Sometimes you just need a name. You people are just you're asking for too much. All right, let's go ahead and switch on over to the PlayStation Plus games for March. Um, actually pretty solid they're continuing yeah, to deliver way better way better um yeah there so, were a lot of rumors floating around we didn't know what to expect and there were all these really cheesy bad dumb idea rumors out there of like guys we're gonna get final fantasy remake as a ps plus game and, and we're gonna get like so many games it's gonna be amazing and we all called that man. bullshit a mile away yeah and then it happened but then it happened <laughs> uh <clears throat> yeah so um throughout the month they haven't been giving out four games and then a PlayStation 5 game, or, or three games and then a PlayStation 5 game, right? Or, well, yeah, they've been kind been of doing? splitting it up in a different way. They've been doing two or three PS4 games and a PS5 game. I just feel but like we're getting more. Um, it's usually been... Yeah. Well, it feels like that because it's usually been a PS4 game that is also a PS5 game, like Control was. Yeah. Um, and... Which I guess is also true this time, but just with a bit of a time delay. Yeah, Not really. Well, yeah, slightly different. It's a different skew. No, no, no. Like, no, the other ones were compatible that way, though. Um, these ones are straight only compatible the way they're being given. Um, so, like last month, we got Control, the PS4 version, and the PS5 version. Um, as we'll talk a little bit later in the show, Final Fantasy VII Remake is coming to the PS5 with the PS5 version. But the PS4 mm-hmm. version that we're getting with PlayStation Plus will not qualify for the free upgrade coming to it. So that right, so you'll have to pay the like ten dollars. No, not ten dollars. You have to buy the whole game. So this is oh yes, really? You'll have to buy the whole game. That's the, psycho. We'll talk more later about the the rest of that Final Fantasy VII stuff. But you will have to buy, either buy Final Fantasy VII outright for PS4 or buy the PS5 version if you want to play it there. The PS Plus version will not give you a cheap gateway into it. So, Final Fantasy VII Remake is probably the top tier, hey, look at this big game that you're getting. It's probably the biggest free PS, it's probably the biggest free game we've gotten on any console in forever. That's all. It, yeah. it, it's a fantastic game. Like, play the play this on like, it's PS. It's been out, like, <laughs> it's been out less than a year. Yeah. That's, um, well, has it? Yeah. I'm trying to think when that came out. Yeah, it came out in, like, uh, June or something of last year. Interesting. Um, but yeah, aside after from that... I left my old job, so yeah. <laughs> aside from that, uh, for PS4, you're also getting uh, Remnant from the Ashes and Farpoint. Um, Farpoint is VR. VR. Worth yeah. pointing out. Um, because it looks like Sony is coming back to talking about PlayStation VR stuff. Um, Which we'll have more later in the show. On yeah, we'll definitely talk PS4. more about that. Um... um then the PS5 game is actually uh, an interesting title. Like I, I was saying before the show, we've seen a lot of games that are kind of like this, but the title's called Maquette. Um, yeah. Basically, 
it, it's almost like a uh, like a diorama, and then as you get further away, you realize you're just constantly exiting a diorama. Like it, it's it's interesting, and things that you like bring closer to the camera um, get bigger, or you know you can drop them and they'll be bigger on the outside. It's it's really hard to explain. Uh, the description does it very well. Um, it just says, All that is tiny is simultaneously huge in this intriguing first-person puzzler designed around an Escher-esque recursive simulation. Um, and if you watch a video, you'll if you watch the video for it, it's, it's ridiculous and I'm very excited because you are controlling everything within the diorama that you're in because it's almost like you're not in a diorama. So it's that's kind of the big thing is... You walk around an environment and you pick some stuff up and drop it somewhere, but then you hear something earth rumbling and it turns out the thing that you dropped in the little room that you're in also dropped outside as a gigantic thing next to where you're standing. Yeah, it's like imagine you're on or you're standing in front of a table that has this big like like diorama of this like uh, like almost like a like pavilion or some sort of like small outside amphitheater. And you drop something on the diorama and turn around and you realize, oh, I'm inside of this diorama. The thing I just dropped on the table just dropped outside. And then you walk outside and you realize that it's just like another diorama. It's like it's constant. Like, uh, it reminds me of, um, like in the playable teaser for Silent Hill, how you keep exiting and you're in the hallway again. You just kind of keep almost looping but it's yeah it's I, don't, a, it's I don't know where it is loop. it's a recursive loop and i love puzzle games especially with like visuals and i'm gonna have way too much fun with this game and i am probably going to spend the majority of my days off over the next week playing it yeah yeah it's it it seems like these guys really use their um like tools at hand like graphically it doesn't look like they were pushing incredibly hard to do you know, to do something that was out of their wheelhouse. But it still looks great. Um, so, yeah, it looks like there's a lot of paths to, like, complete different tasks. I can't wait to see, especially puzzle-wise, um, the different, like, things like, oh, I didn't know I could do that. Kind yeah, of it's weird because, like, in the, in the teaser video for it, the reveal trailer video... Um, one of the puzzles I saw, and I'm only going to mention it because it was literally shown in the video, um, was a matter of, like, after that point where you kind of become aware of what you're doing, um, trying to get from point A to point B, from one building to another, um, the person picks up a key off the ground and, like, puts it on the diorama across, like, two rooftops, it looks like, to create a bridge, and that creates a bridge with a gigantic key right outside, so they go use that to cross to the next area. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's really weird. Like, it's going to make you think a lot because you're engaging with the entire environment from what's just in front of you. And I love, love things like this. There were there were games similar to this in PSVR that I loved. And just this being a full first-person puzzle game has me so hyped. I love first-person puzzle games. Yeah, so, I, I mean, all in all, this is a pretty big... I, I think this is a pretty big get. You know, it's one of those things that you got to really appreciate when it's like hey i didn't see this game coming but now i'm super hyped for it i'm super excited for something that you know it's kind of hard in this day and age to go 
uh, th you know, there's not a lot of stuff that we don't have on our radar. And then when there is something that wasn't exactly on our radar and it pops up, and not only that, hey, it's free, that's awesome. So, uh, yeah, that's, um, I don't know, like maybe that's the big game of the month? <laughs> the cat? Yeah, I don't they're, know. They're both pretty big. I think they're both going to be really big. Um, Remnant, we've already gotten on everything else, so it was just about time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then Farpoint just kind of, I think that was just their way of going, hey, we're talking about some PSVR stuff too. So, um, but yeah, that is the PlayStation Plus lineup for March. Um, yeah, not too bad. I mean, um, Microsoft obviously lacking uh, a little bit. They they haven't really been doing, <laughs> haven't been doing the best with it. Um, but but then we also know that Microsoft's big thing is still Game Pass. They don't care about yeah, their the, gold it, yeah. They don't care about their gold members until they try to raise the gold member price, and then everyone freaks out. So, right, we know what Microsoft's thinking for sure. Um, so, up next, we'll go ahead and jump into the games releasing. But first, if you guys get the chance, head over to Facebook.com/backslash Mammoth Games Inc. Talk about all the stuff that we talk about here on the podcast over there with us on the weekly. Um, we like to bring points that you guys make from uh, our social media. Uh, up on the show every now and again so you know, be sure we appreciate all the likes comments and shares follow us on twitter at mammoth games inc so you know we go live and do jump just like this uh these games releasing february uh 28th through march 7th um actually all of these are march that? 2nd so that's the thing what was that and, uh, I was gonna say, why do you why do you la say it that way? Why do you laugh a little bit as you said that? It's just it's just numbers. Yeah, broken numbers. Um, um, I need really to take more screenshots and post this kind of shit on our social media so they can <laughs> see what we're talking about. That'd be kind of cool. As, as far as the games coming out, I think we only really have to talk about one of these guys. You know, we listed three. We already just talked about one of them because Maquette's launching. Um, so that's the other cool thing is Sony's continuing to give us launch titles. Mm -hmm. Or give us games yeah. at their launch. Yeah. Um, sure. We're getting the PS5 port of Yakuza Like a Dragon finally, but that game's been out for a while. We talked about it in great lengths on previous episodes. Mm -hmm. yep. So it looks like Nintendo Switch takes this week because we're getting Harvest Moon One World. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know, I, I used to be really into the style of game. Uh, Harvest Moon has really lost me over the years. Uh, it hasn't I don't done... know if it's just because I, I think it's because other people have just done more interesting. It's right. because stuff. Harvest Moon isn't the same as it used to be. Um, the yeah. big issue that you probably have is that the Harvest Moon titles that we're seeing right now aren't Harvest Moon. Um, yeah, it's just a totally different style of thing at this point. Yeah, it's because Natsumi took over um, doing this stuff, and it's not yeah. what the Harvest Harvest Moon games were. You're looking at oh man, what are the titles? Because they still exist and they've been coming out. It's just the Harvest Moon games aren't don't have the Harvest Moon title anymore. It's like someone took that sticker off, threw it onto these games, and the real Harvest Moon games are off being their own thing. Yeah. Well, the real Harvest Moon games are Stardew Valley. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it. Stardew Valley really did pick up that mantle uh, at a time that it was like, we don't... Like we, a lot we of indie games that. have, really. Yeah. I mean, I think that one's just the most uh, like widely known, widely played 
Uh, Story of Seasons. Those are the ones. Story of Seasons games, things like that. Those are the ones that are the actual Harvest Moon games now. Yeah. That's weird. It is. It's a very weird thing they've done. It was a licensing thing, and it was a Natsumi thing, and it was just weird. So, uh, yeah, Natsumi wanted to keep doing this and keep the name, and the games just progressively got worse. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it is a weird... That's a weird thing, because it's like, oh, we used to make a different... Like... Why couldn't he just keep using... Not using the same tools, but why couldn't the tools be remade to just make the game that he was already making? You know what I mean? It's a great question. It just seems... This seems like a... It almost... It feels very lazy, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I could do this thing that, you know, keeps making this title that people really like and things like that. Or I could do this other kind of odd thing, and here we are. It's sad because it and I'm not a big like, Harvest Moon fan. I'm not someone who it, played it when I was younger. It's sad because it took it a couple years for people to really understand what was going on. And in everyone's mind, Harvest Moon is still a great thing because they go back to the old like Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, PlayStation 1, all those classics. Um, but now they have to switch it over to anything from 3DS up is the Story of Seasons games. It's not going to be the Harvest Moon stuff where they're having a lot of fun. Um, that's not to say these Harvest Moon games aren't okay. Um, they're just not what people grew up liking. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. not what you're expecting. Um, I don't know. Maybe there could be a whole group of whole generation of people who just know Harvest Moon games kind of being like this, you know, and they like them. That's that could always be a possibility, I guess too. But yeah. they don't know that there's a whole other thing out there. Missed hmm. opportunity, I guess. But yeah, if there is anything that we missed, um, you know, games releasing wise, feel free to let us know over on uh, our our Twitter at Mammoth Games Inc. Um, and uh, if we think it passes the test, we'll add it to next week's show. But we don't have any missed games this week, so we'll move on to your epic freebies. For sure. Yeah, this one uh, is free from right now until March 4th um, and I think we talked about it last uh, last week Sunless Sea yeah I downloaded it have not touched it yet um, yep same thing but uh, yeah yeah we talked about it a little bit last week uh, kind of looks like a kind of looks like a cool like exploration uh, like just top down exploration game um it's a weird, like, yeah, little it, bit of horror and stuff in there. It's definitely got some horror vibes to it. Yeah. Um, some of that weird, I almost want to say Lovecraftian horror, just because it's these crazy things that you would normally not be able to imagine. Mm-hmm. It, and, yeah, it, there's a little bit of, like, it, it almost feels like exploration with light combat is pretty much what, what you're getting. I don't think combat's definitely the focus. Mostly it's just uncovering you know, what, what what's happening out there in the world. Um, but it looks cool, and for the price of free, you know, you can't really beat that. It's hard to beat that for sure. Now, now something did jump out at me on Epic when I was on here earlier. Um, on the free section, if you scroll down a little bit, there is a demo now available for a game that caught my eye. Uh, Gravewood High. I just saw this thing pop up. Um, I was looking at it for a quick minute. It is a, it's a survival game. Um, kind of like that dumb little neighbor game. Yeah, hello, neighbor. And, um, yeah. 
that dumb little neighbor yeah. game. So it's very similar to that, it looks like, except this one's way more psychological, like you're in a school and crazy things are happening. Um, and it looks cool. Chased by, cool. It does. It looks really neat. Um, I may have to give this demo a shot because it is procedurally generated. It's got a lot of crazy stuff going on. Um, just this little video clip they give you is so fast, though. Like The stuff going on looks like it's going to keep me very anxious. Yeah, yeah. Um, so th they're always doing stuff like this, too. You know, there's always these side things. Like, you see the free games that we talk about. But then if you scroll down, it's like, oh, there's these other things that, you know, are just kind of, like, out there that we've talked about in the past. Yeah. Like, um, I can't remember. Th there was a whole, like, episodic game that, w that, that was out there for a while uh, about uh, a video game studio making a video game. Yeah, uh, three out of ten. Yeah, three out of ten. That's yeah, it's still called. there yep. in the very bottom. So, and um, as well, they had Sludge Life for a long, a long time. Uh, what was the other one? Thimbleweed Park. Yeah, uh, the Dolores episode of Thimbleweed oh, yeah. Park is still yep. there. It, it's yeah, actually, I just needed to scroll down a bit more. But yeah, so there's some, they still there's have some a few other there cool still. Things. So, um, I'm at the point now where I'm really keeping my eye on demos and stuff, like new stuff popping up, especially when it's anything horror related. I want to check it out. And then Greatwood Heights really jumped out at me. I was like, oh, it takes place in a school. It's going to be weird. Everyone has those nightmares where they're back in school again, so why not make it even worse? For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, of course, after uh, Sunless Sea, March 4th, uh, going until March 11th, there is, uh, you know, what they're saying uh, is coming out is um, War Game Red Dragon. Never jumped into these games. Uh, Correct me if like I'm wrong. RTS. But wasn't War Game Red Dragon already supposed to have been a freebie a few weeks back, and then they changed it? I think so. Mm -hmm. I remember talking about yep. it. Um, but it like graphically, it looks good. Um, you know, just a standard. Uh, looks like just a standard RTS, kind of focusing on some of the um, the naval aspect of that. So that's kind of cool. Um, but it has a little bit of everything, I think. Looks like you have land, sea, and air. Um, so that's interesting. Not too sure why that got pushed. Probably should have looked into that. One of the other things uh, that, you know, we were just talking about demos and it reminded me. Um, there is the demo out now for Outriders. That you can, yes, that you can we completely glossed over that for this for our planning, um, and I yeah. think the reason was the timing. Um, the announcement came and the demo dropped for that on a day that we were all heavily anticipating something else. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't remember what it was now. Uh, it was the state of play. It was the it was Thursday oh. when the demo dropped. Same day. Um, yeah. Because Microsoft was crazy hyping it up to get people to start playing it on Xbox um, because the Sony announcement was coming later that day. And if only they knew that they didn't have to work that hard. <laughs> uh, so is this demo out pretty much everywhere across the board? PS4, um, PS5, Xbox One, Series X? I don't know if it's on PlayStation. I haven't, I haven't actually looked. I know it's on Xbox. I'm pretty sure it's on PC. Mm -hmm. And the release date uh, is April 1st, is what it's slated for right now. Yes. So, 
I, I appreciate this. Even though we've glossed over it, we haven't really talked about it, I super appreciate, hey, we don't know what this game is. Please, you know, and then they're like, please, you actually come and play a demo. Check it out, see if it's for you. Um, you know, kind of not something that we get to say about every game that's got the kind of exposure. Like, Outriders has had a decent amount of exposure. So, um, of course, it being a, uh, a game from People uh, people Can Fly. So, if you don't know, cooperative, um, role-playing, third-person role-playing game. So it could yeah, be cool. Yeah, it's got, it got some early comparisons to a lot of different things. Uh, it's, it's Square Enix still pushing it out there. Um, you've got different classes to choose from. It looks like a weird, vibey mix between... Honestly, to me, it looks way more like Destiny meets Division. Um, yeah, I agree. And I'm not yeah. necessarily bummed about it, because there were good things about both of those. Um, I just don't know if we have time to get into it or not, but I really want to. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I might download this so, uh, I might download this on Xbox tonight and check it out, just to, just to see, what it, see what's going on with it. I really like Division. Uh, like, I know a lot of people are just like, meh. Um, but Division, I think, is, like, even, like, thinking about jumping into Division 2 again now, I'm still like, yeah, I can do that. That sounds fun. Um, so, you know, if this has a, a similar feel to that, I'm down. All right. Um, so getting out of freebies and cool things that you can play, we'll jump into the news, and there was a lot. Um kind of like broke up between a few different hey sizzle reel these are cool things that we have going on presentations um and even some delays and updates on some titles that we've uh been eagerly awaiting and talked about already in the past um the first big thing i think we just kick off the show with uh the state of play um PlayStation did their, of course, their state of play talking about a healthy amount of, you know, different things that are, uh, you know, that are on the way or, uh, you know, where they're going to be released. Um, but all in all, I think it's pretty, pretty general consensus between all of us. Um, it's kind of an underwhelming show. Yeah, it was a little lackluster. Um, you know, we had Nintendo's announcements last week and then... There was a lot of mixed bag stuff in there, but I was more—I was generally more excited about the Nintendo stuff that got announced. Um, this PlayStation one, though, they just kind of showed us a little bit more about a lot of things we already knew about. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was one of those things I didn't get to sit down and watch this whole show due to working, but definitely was trying to catch the. You guys were actually doing a good job of keeping me up to date on that on uh, just through chat. Like I would just look over. Okay, cool. Day. They talked about that. Yeah, to, to be fair, a lot of what was yeah. happening in chat was, oh, this again? Oh, this yeah. again? Yeah. Oh, I don't need to see this again. Oh, I don't need to see this again. Uh-huh. So, that's true. The first big thing, uh, and we um, talked just a little bit about it at the beginning of the show, was the Final Fantasy remake. Yeah. Um, that was the end of their presentation. Um, they, they wrapped up their highlight was confirming that Final Fantasy VII remake is coming to PS5. Yeah, um, looks like that's coming June tenth, uh, and it is its own standalone version um, called uh, Intergrade. Um, yeah. So uh, that's kind of expected. 
I, I don't know. Like, I kind of expected it to happen already. So, I don't know, to focus and end a presentation on that seems like, huh, maybe the show wasn't... I, I guess it, it kind of shows, like, the quality that the show was, if this was the big thing they were exiting on. Um, after, I think, some confusion, they were... They, they definitely pointed out, hey, this PS5 edition is not the same as the PS4 edition. You're not going to be able to upgrade it unless you already bought the PS4 edition. Then you get that upgrade. Um, so getting this for PlayStation Plus will not be an upgrade, you know, a free in to the PS5 edition. Um, That's just so weird. And more so, they did announce... Um, I'm not sure. Did it have a, a, a specific name or anything? But a DLC um, starring Yuffie, which is kind of rad uh, right away. Um, I know you guys probably watched a lot more of that than I did. Uh, yeah, what did you guys uh, take from that? It's a story chapter uh, starring Yuffie as a main character. Uh, she has a new partner with her. Uh, it looks like it's some stuff where we, honestly, people are geeking out about them like changing Yuffie's th- like things about <clears throat> Yuffie, but we don't really know that. Um, the way it looks like it's written in is it takes place separately from everything else within the game. Um, but... The, the UV yeah. stuff is going to come with the PS5 version of the game. Um, mm-hmm. But if you do the PS4 to the PS5 upgrade, you'll still have to buy that episode separately. Um, yeah. So if you outright... And I think that's what's going to essentially make it the uh, the integrate title, is when you have that linked into it. So if you're buying Final Fantasy VII Remake for PS5 specifically, you're going to get integrate. But if you're doing the PS4 to PS5 upgrade... Um, after you do the SKU upgrade and get the PS5 version, you can then buy that DLC, which I'm still fine with. Um, I'm never going to be mad at a company for, like, giving me a free upgrade, but then, like, if they have an extra chapter or something on that, not giving me access to that. No, if they made me outright buy the whole game yeah. again, either way I'd be kind of mad, but they're at least yeah. giving me the same game I have now, but the PS5 <laughs> version with tons of new bonuses, and then they're saying, by the way... You can still buy that new episode that we're dropping with that PS5 version, um, so you'll still be able to get that. You just have to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, the the way that they described it was really weird, and I, I even saw some websites kind of getting some things wrong when they were talking about it. Where it's like, okay, so it's you know they've they've announced the upgrade, which is free with this DLC which was sort of implied to be free, but then they said, you can also buy the DLC. So it's like, okay, what do you mean by that? Like, I can buy the new DLC on PS5, but I have my core game on PS4. And, like, eventually they... uh, All this stuff has been settled now, so yeah, the DLC is an additional price. The PS5 version is a different SKU, Mm -hmm. and that's basically how they're tracking, like... Yeah. The ability to get the free upgrade or whatever. Yeah, how how they make sure that you're paying for... And you're not getting a right, free the right thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they love Square Enix, especially with Final Fantasy. They love to make things needlessly complicated. Honestly, I don't even think yeah. it's, I don't even think it's that complicated. I think it's just a matter of the way it was presented, because yeah. they right. said they were talking specifically about the PS4 version to PS5, uh, and on the the screenshot they gave on like the the artwork image, they said you can do the PS4 version upgrade it to PS5 and then you'll have the ability to buy the UV DLC. 
Um, so they specifically, like on the image, they even called it out that way. I just think that a ton of different people that watched the video and then spat out their different articles like crazy ignored that part because they were too busy writing their article to release four minutes after the presentation was over. Right, sure. right. Yeah, Which we see all the time because we see tons of articles literally <clears throat> as the announcement's made. Three different websites have dropped articles about it, and I'm like, dude, they haven't even finished fucking talking about it yet. Like, Right, yeah. So, yeah, it, I mean, it was, yeah, like you said, it was really the way that it was presented because um, they were talking about, okay, here, this is free, but you get this other thing for free, but then that makes it so this isn't free. And if it's if it's free, then it wasn't free, but you get this free thing when it's free. And then there's this other thing that's not free, but you get a free upgrade. Yeah, I just I, I do feel like it's just on them to go like, hey, this like like we have to make it clear like th- that's what they were doing. I feel like they're like it's you know free free for free for free. Um, exactly. But that's what people were focused on. Oh, cool. You know everything they're talking about here is free, but it's like the little like asterisk like. But that's, it's not all. Yeah. And I, I will also say that yeah. they did not make the PlayStation Plus announcements during this presentation at all, which I think was a good move. Yeah, right. Because um, that would have really the fucking whole made state it of play did not mention the PS Plus free games. We found out those later the day, or, or, or actually the next day. But yeah, they um, love yeah. doing that extra skew thing. Like, hey, this is a different thing. Uh, so you know, spend sixty bucks on this if you would. Like, <laughs> I don't know it. I, I, I guess I see it from from both sides. Like, I bought the game originally. I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad about yep it being one of the games for PlayStation Plus. Uh, definitely not mad about the upgrade since I already own it to PS5. Um, and I'm definitely cool with paying for this uh, UV DLC. So same. I mean, the same all, all in all. Now, you know, I, I feel like where it's like an unjust anger is people that are like, oh, I can get it for free for PS Plus. Cool. And they'll sell their like physical copy they had, and they're gonna get mad that they can't just get the PS5 upgrade for free. It's like, bro, dude, no, you literally like misread everything about it. Then, like, why? Yeah. Are they, why they don't have a reason to give you? First of all, the fact they're giving this to PS Plus members anyway is insane. Yes. Um, I, yeah. I feel like the PS4 version of this thing dropping for PS Plus next month is huge. But in a weird way, I I feel like it's huge, but also a little late because the people that it's really going to impact already bought the game yeah yeah like um it's and definitely it, a cool move it's it the the game is really really good you know like as well so i mean there's no yeah, there was a little bit by the end of the game that i was like but this uv stuff looks amazing though but yeah yeah doing a side thing you know like hey it looks like they're going to do a good job of recapping too saying hey this is what's happening in the game but then, look here. This is what UVI is going on right now. Um, and and there's more. Yeah, there's cool. more Final that's Fantasy cool. news to come later on too that I'm very very excited for. Oh yeah. But but we can keep going with the PlayStation uh, presentation. But like I said, this was their big their their coup de gras. This was the end of the PlayStation announcements. Was this guy? Yeah. So. So what I, do you guys want to dive into on this? Um, I'm, I'm just gonna say that with this being their big bang. It was very lackluster. Um, For this to be the finale, like the big show, I'm like, you know, that's cool and all, but we did kind of see it coming. Um, Some other stuff they they did talk about, though, um, they talked more about um, super cute um, action-adventure girl. God, what was her name? Um, 
I keep forgetting the name of that dumb game. Uh, Kena. Uh, Kena Bridge oh, of Spirits. Yeah. They showed another trailer yeah, for that. Spirits. Um, yeah, this one might have been... I, I don't know. I think this one might have been received better as the last yeah, thing. It was cool, but the, the downside is it was kind of a delay announcement. Yeah. Uh, the game okay. was originally supposed to come out in March, and when that trailer aired, they let us know it got moved back to later on, like I think June or July. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Doesn't seem too long, though, you know. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's not. not it, it's, I'm fine with it. Like, yep. How good does it look, though? You know what I mean? My well, it goodness. Looks absolutely this gorgeous. Game is, yeah. And price guys, and structure, I'm excited for, too, because I just realized on PC it's only going to be 40 bucks, meaning mm-hmm. it's probably going to be a reasonably priced PS5 title anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still really, really hoping for chance at some, some PS Plus goodness. Yeah, yeah, that's something that they've been doing a lot. You know, you can even see that we talked about maquette already, um, and you know, destruction all stars, bug snacks, destruction all stars, right? uh, bug snacks. Yeah. And one of the games that we'll talk about, you know, even more here, they did show off. You know, moving on from Kina, they did show off um, Oddworld Soulstorm. Right. Talking about that one arriving on PS4 and PS5 April sixth. They did they share it during this event or yeah. did they? Yeah. They, okay. Yep. During the event, um, when they're talking about Oddworld Soulstorm, they said uh, Oddworld Soulstorm is coming, you know, this day to PS4 and PS5, and for PlayStation Plus subscribers, you'll get it for PS5 at no additional cost when it launches. Beautiful. Um, and they kind of said that in such a passing that I was like, wait, what? <laughs> hold, hold on, hold on, go back real quick. Yeah, it was very, it was very <laughs> in passing how they just kind of brushed it in there, and I was like, wait, 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 yep. wait. <laughs> How Definitely how, how good does that feel though? As someone that was intr- you know, that planned on buying this, for them to go, oh, you're going to go ahead and get that free, and then as well for them, they're turning around and grabbing an audience that would not have been there. Like you know, people like myself, I'm not, I, I wasn't going to go out of my way to buy this game they're, at yeah, all. I, it's I, just I, not I, my style. I would have gotten it on a really good deal and probably never touched it because let's face it, I love what the Odd World games are all about. But games have advanced a lot more now that I've grown up. That I don't have the time for like a, a platform puzzle game like this. Right. Um, yeah. I still appreciate them a lot. Um, I still love how goofy the world and the characters and everything are. But they're they're neat. They're just not the kind of I'm going to sit down and play this like crazy kind of neat now. Yeah, yeah. Right. The the world is the thing that I always point to. You know the yep. the characters and the world, the gameplay. It looks like they've done some yeah. stuff here, you know. Yeah, they've definitely improved it a lot. It looks like. Yeah, and that that's fantastic. But then again, it's still it's still that core concept that, I mean, there's a reason that they were doing this, and then it was like Stranger's Wrath. I feel like. Mm-hmm. They, they, yeah, they, they were trying they tried to something different, and it was very to successful. Redirect. Yeah. I would say yeah. Stranger's Wrath is probably their most successful title. I, you know, maybe I'm biased because it was something that I I really enjoyed. It really pulled me into their world. But it was on more platforms yeah, I'm not too. Sure. So, what was that, Johnny? I said Stranger's Wrath was also on different platforms as a whole. Like we, the core Oddworld games were really just PS1 games, and yeah. then everything disappeared for a really long time. And then Stranger's Wrath happened because they were talking more about like that's when first-person shooters were huge. So it, it did as well with Stranger's Wrath. Um, they had another game that was coming out that was supposed to be coming out after Stranger's Wrath um, that never ended up coming out. 
uh, I, I think it ended up getting canceled. It kind of fell into that there was no right time to release this title kind of thing. Um, and I'm pretty sure that this one was, uh, you know, kind of focused on the Stranger's Wrath, you know, S characters. Like the, um, almost like cats and dogs kind of thing. Uh, which which was really cool. There there was, yeah. If you guys get the chance and you want to look up something interesting, yeah, look up that that time. I would say it's probably two thousand nine to two thousand eleven or twelve, um, because there was there was a whole thing that was going to happen there that just never ended up happening. And then it's interesting. This is the next thing that's come out since then. Um, yeah, d- definitely some cool stuff there. But this one. Um, we imagine will be uh, we know we have Destruction All-Stars until April, this one releases April 6th, so this will probably just pick up right where uh, Destruction All-Stars, uh, when, when Destruction All-Stars departs mm-hmm. yeah. and they, so. they dropped some info about some other games that we already knew about, um, but it was nothing major You know, they let us know, they told us that apparently PS4 is getting Knockout City as well, which is that dumb dodgeball game we saw in the Nintendo announcement last week that no one cared about um, yep. uh, the guys that made um, Hyperlight Drifter, uh, we forgot that Solar Ash is still coming, um, yeah. which looks super mm-hmm. fun. Um, that's probably going to be a pickup for me. Um, yeah, that looks really good that, too. Um, yeah, Solar I, Ash I, looks really neat. It looks real. I love that aesthetic they use. I, I they use the same aesthetic for Hyperlight Drifter, and I like it a lot. Like their color palette, very mm-hmm. very bright. Yeah, it's like it, it's like a vibrant pastel. Very much like a layering process that they're using. What was that? Yeah. No, I I was really a fan. Like I I love the, I love the colors, the the brights and darks. Like it's, it's gorgeous. Um, I don't know how much I'm gonna like this game, given the kind of gameplay it is. It's it's more of that that third person action adventure. Um, What was that Pathless game? It reminds me of was. I think that was the name of the game, right? Pathless? Yeah. That had a very similar uh, mm-hmm. style to what they're going for with, um, you know, with, with this, with their next title here, Solar Ash. Um, aside from that, they talked about um, uh, th- some gameplay for Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. We t- mentioned Knockout City. Uh, they talked a little bit about Returnal, uh, I guess, yeah, showing off we some had gameplay. Some, we had some new Returnal gameplay um, showing us that it is going to be a third-person shooter, psychological horror roguelike. That's that's pretty yeah. exciting. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I was very stressed watching the gameplay. <laughs> it, There's, yeah. yeah, it seems chaotic. Yes, just a so, little bit. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see. That one's still. I, I'm still after watching the trailer or watching the the gameplay thing that they've shown off. You know, learning that it is this like, uh, like horror psychological horror like rogue. You know, it it, it just it's it's all. Um, it, it scratches a lot of itches it, that I normally have, so I'm not sure how I'm going to feel about it. Yeah, but it's like, is is it too much? Uh, yeah. You know, is this something that it's one of those things like you didn't ask for it, but it's like, is that a good thing or a bad thing that they're releasing something that I didn't really ask for? Um, I, right. I think I'm really going to enjoy it because of how much I like roguelikes. I really do. Um, for sure. For sure. It's, um, the it has, it almost smooth. has like a dead space feel a little bit, a little bit. 
It's, 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 it's interesting because I was cool. gonna uh, compare it to uh, what's the uh, Vanquish, where you're like moving around really rapidly, um, doing a lot of like sliding and jumping and kind of jetting around and attacking these like bigger than life creatures. Okay, yeah, yeah, I definitely, I could definitely see that. I didn't get into Vanquish when it came out, but I, I remember seeing, yeah. uh, I remember seeing, you know, what that was all about. But yeah, yeah, I, I could I, definitely, I could definitely see that comparison. And I think that near the end of this trailer is where it took a really big twist for me. Um, if it's the one I'm thinking, um, by the time it kind of ended with walking into like a hallway from a house, yeah, here it comes. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's just really that's more where like the psychological thing kicked in for me i was like wait what the fuck what yeah that's not what you want to <laughs> like, like it, oh, i don't know I, I it would kind of be fun to have it would kind of be fun to have a game that was like uh, you know one style of game and then it's like wait this has taken a very very dark turn that was it, very reminiscent of like it it switched from almost psychological to ho- just straight horror this this is not not some this is not where I wanted to be. Yeah, um, I'm excited. I'm excited for this game. The more I see for it, the more I do get excited for it. I don't want to hype myself up too much, but when they mentioned mm-hmm. roguelike, I got super super pumped because um, I love roguelikes and seeing this the crazy oh. like HR Geiger fucking alien monsters and stuff coming out. I was like, okay, I'm ready for this. This will be cool. And then that damn house just ruined everything <laughs> yeah. making me go why the fuck is that there who put you here yeah yeah. It, um, why it am i going ha- inside it seems to have some some depth to i don't know this could usher in an era of like uh roguelike games that we were just not expecting which is kind of cool um i'm, I'm ready my, my I'm body's excited. ready for this one i'm definitely gonna play it i'm definitely gonna grab this one i imagine um, this one will come out and be a 70 dollar title Probably, but I'm fine with it from what I'm seeing so far. For sure, for sure. Um, again, we we're talking a little bit about Outriders and then dropping that demo. This would be a great game to have some sort of, you know, like, hey, check out this demo. Um, yeah. It, when you see that first person thing, I, I can really, I, I would love to have a demo, a separate thing that is very much like the beginning hours, you know, like for that they did for Resident Evil. Man, um, man. Returnal yep, drops April thirtieth. My birthday is May first. I think I found my birthday present. Oh, there nice. You there you go. Um, so uh, aside from that, uh, they did talk about uh, Crash Bandicoot Four. It's about time. Which uh, they did a deep dive on that. It looks like. Um, I don't think there was anything in there that was. Yeah, surprising. nothing crazy except right. how the haptics are going to feel. Um, they also dropped another Death Loop video. I'm tired of seeing Deathloop. I already know I want it. Just give it to me. <laughs> like I just—I um, heard this demo was, or this uh, this video was super good. Um, I mean, they all have been though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the um, thing about Deathloop is like from the start, all the videos have been really good, and I've been like, oh, I want this. So when they dropped another one for me, I was like, dude, I don't even care. I already know I, I want. Yeah, you, you don't need to sell this to me anymore. I'm on board. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it just it just keeps looking. It keeps looking cool. Like it keeps getting almost getting better and better. It's one of those things where you're like, I need to stop watching the videos just so, mm-hmm. like, my expectations are, are are tempered just a little bit, so I'm not 
like overhyping this yeah. to myself. This video was cool because it was basically a glorified music video. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which made it really cool. Um, but I already know I'm going to love that game. I'm just waiting for it. All right. And then uh, one of the other no. things that they talked about was um, that, uh, that Kung Fu uh, yeah. game. I was going to say Sifu, uh, an intense yeah. Kung Fu experience. Um, oh, it's really cool. I didn't know what to think about it at first, but after watching a little bit more of the trailer, I was like, eh, I think I get it. I think I get it. Not my style of game, but I can appreciate it, especially the visuals on it. I really like Well, and it's Absolver. from the guys that made Absolver. I really liked Absolver. Um, yeah. I don't know if you guys really got that chance to, you know, dig into Absolver. I played a decent amount of it. But yeah, this feels like a kung fu movie just done by the guys that made Absolver. Um, this is a good next step for them because Absolver was already really, really, really good. Um, yeah, Absolver, I think, missed out on... It, the main way that it missed was that it didn't really have, like, a good branding. Like, mm -hmm. it was, like, kind of strange because it was almost, like, robotic characters doing kung fu basically yeah they had so, that like you have different styles and you can change yeah. it up on the fly um yeah this just feels like a yeah it feels like jet lee and unleashed you know what i mean right i mean the you know the hallway fights are reminiscent of you know a, a lot of different things yeah, yeah. um this it's just a, yeah it's getting into the kung fu movie type of thing so it's like yeah, what if you were Jet Li or, you know, Donnie Yen or Jackie Chan or any of these guys that's like, you know, you get to do a lot of the same scenes that you're used to seeing. I think it's going to be really good. I agree. I agree. Um, I, I, I would imagine... I don't think that this game will be a full price title, though. I feel like this is going to be a... Yeah, 40 Like a $40 title. Um, you could even see this you know, maybe even come out, uh, you know, depending on how how well they think it's going to do. The thing we keep seeing more and more with, like, Bug Snacks. Okay, who's going to buy Bug Snacks? This audience doesn't seem mm -hmm. huge. Let's go ahead and release that on PlayStation Plus, get that PlayStation money, and then we'll have a bigger audience playing our game. I think a game like this could benefit from that, for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, was there anything else in the show that you guys think that we missed? Seems for like me, not, uh, for me, not really. Um, yeah. Like I said, they had some big ones here and there, but uh, as you, from the stuff that you just looked at and we talked about, um, I think it really reiterates that some, a lot of the stuff was things I was already excited for. I yeah. don't need you to give me more reasons to be excited for them because you're just going to dull the actual final product at that point. So yeah. as, as weak as this kind of felt, what they really, I feel like they focused on is, hey, some of the stuff is coming out in the next couple months. Mm -hmm. Almost all this stuff is coming out really, 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 yeah. or, you know, relatively that, that's, soon, and that's that was exciting. cool. But I, I feel like some things that hurt though is like with Returnal. After seeing that video, now if I would have been playing the game and then ran into that without knowing it was coming, like that house and all that crazy stuff, yeah, that would be a game changer. That oh, would have yeah. blown my mind. But instead, giving me more info about the game that I already wanted, and then dropping that bombshell in there, like yeah, they could have stopped. They could have stopped after showing the just the regular gameplay, leaving the house portion. Maybe they could have put you know just the character walking up to this creepy ass house and then stop there. 
I think it might have been, yeah, too much going into the first person, opening the door and walking in. Yeah, it was, it I was think too that, much for me. I, I feel much. like I'm I'm nervous. I still I'm still excited for the game, but now I'm nervous that like the final product in the game isn't gonna wow me as much. Um, yeah, with Deathloop, I'm so tired of seeing stuff about it because it's 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 watchdogsing me where it's building up the hype that I really wanted and just give yeah. me the game already. Stop talking about it. Like this is the eighth time we've seen Deathloop videos. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um but I, I don't know. After sitting down, after talking about it, I, going into this conversation, I was very, very underwhelmed. After having the conversation and looking at the things that we saw, knowing that the release dates are just around the corner, I feel a lot better about it. I always just feel me. better about the release dates being right around the corner because it means I don't have to see more videos about the same things I already want. Right, right. So, I don't know, the idea of just being hands-on. And some of this stuff, you know, possibly being hands-on, you know, definitely in in Oddworld's uh, case of being hands-on and I don't have to pay anything more than I've already paid. um, Feels really good. So, um, if I was going to rate this, I I wouldn't say this was definitely like an 8 or a 9. I would say this is probably a crisp, like, 6 or 7. Yeah, yeah, I feel Um, like 6 or 7. If I had to go with Nintendo's announcements from last week, I would have probably said maybe a 7. Because there was some cool stuff that came with the Nintendo announcements like we talked about last week that was there, so I would have given it more closer to a 7 or an um, Mm 8. Because there's a lot more big announcements I'm hyped for. I just feel like with this one, it's not that it was bad, it was just... It didn't have that that punch. It didn't have that thing. It wasn't a big wow factor or a big surprise with anything. It was all stuff that we already knew was coming. Yeah. Yeah. The Yuffie thing was cool. Sure. Yep. But, that, like, do we I think a lot of it had things that were for cool. it? Um, <laughs> the Yuffie thing's the only one we didn't know was coming. For sure. And then, yeah, probably. ironically, though, the next big presentation that happened, um, That's the, the one, Nintendo, boys. Nintendo presents their 25th anniversary, even though, no joke, rumors were out there like crazy about everything that was going to happen, most people predicted a lot of what was coming with it, um, I was still much more blown away by it. Sure, sure. And this was another one that happened pretty much while I was uh, while I was fully at yeah, work. Like, so I, I was wish catching that you it could all, see the very beginning of the video and the way they opened the video up, because as everyone can see, um, po- they announced Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, but the That's way cool. they revealed it was what was so great. Um. They pretty much had a screen up that was showing like the most recent Pokemon titles and the the years, and it was like zooming back in time to see like and the, before that there was this, before that there was this, before that there was this, and then it panned down to like the start screen for Poke for, like, for the years for the when Pokemon Diamond and Pearl came out, and then it showed you like a, a Nintendo DS on the table where they did the actual reveal. Um, I think the reveal video for the Diamond and Pearl remakes blew me away um nice and it's the thing that people have been wanting forever yeah for sure for sure like um this is the generation everyone had been asking for for the longest time um and we're finally getting it and bit of honesty Oh, you're looking at the wrong video. You I was looking at the wrong uh, it was the wrong one they they this, is a, this isn't a Nintendo this is straight Pokemon 
So yeah, I was figuring the actual... they they usually did. Ah, here it is. I found it. Um, I was looking for the. Oh, maybe. For the actual Pokemon video. Yeah, I mean, I could find the video on YouTube, but I was looking for a like a, a big recap of everything that there that there isn't one from them. I ha oh, there, 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 there actually is it, something. We'll have to have the video uh, on the side, but Nintendo. Okay, have a I was gonna say because they they pulled some stuff up on there and they talked about a lot of different things. I was also at work, um, but I was able to catch the Diamond and Pearl announcement. The biggest thing on that is honestly though, um, the aesthetics. Yeah, graphically, it they tried to keep as true to the original Diamond and Pearl as they could, um, and it's weird. It gave it a very cutesy, chibi approach, but I'm not mad about it. Um, I'm not really mad about it at all because it is still adorable. Um, but like I said, it was my least favorite Pokemon generation. For a lot of people, it was their first, but for me, it definitely wasn't my first. It was one I just didn't get super into because around then is when those games the game started to feel like they were slowing down. Uh -huh. But I am excited to see them keep so much to the original, and this is the only gen that we didn't get a remake of until now. Yeah. So yeah, it, Pokemon got really weird for me for a while. I don't know about you guys if if you did you know continue all the mm -hmm. way through, uh, but yeah, still like playing, playing from. Still got them. And playing from the like very beginning, um, you know, I didn't have the money to get red or blue. I ended up getting yellow later after playing one of my friend's copies of blue for a long time. Um, and then pushing all the way through, I kind of stopped. I felt like it slowed down for me after I had played gold for the millionth time. I went to the next game, and I was like, I don't know. This doesn't... It feels... There's not a lot of, like next level things that are happening here. Is this the wrong one again? It is. No, it's... I don't think it is. It's still the Pokemon Direct. Yeah, um, yeah it's the wrong one, though. It, this one. Uh, anyhow. Um, it slowed down for a while, and then um, after a bit, and I ended up jumping into... Um, I ended up jumping into uh, Black and White. That's where I really picked back up. Mm. So I played Gold, and then... Um, so, so you totally forward, missed and Diamond I, and Pearl. Yeah, I missed Diamond and Pearl. So, so this you, is, missed, you missed Ruby, Sapphire, and Diamond and Pearl. So yep. you missed a lot. Um, yep. Yeah. So Diamond and Pearl were were weird. They introduced some, like, the starters aren't some of the more memorable ones. Um, but I feel mm. like Black and White had the least memorable starters. Um, but Diamond and Pearl was just the first time we had the games on the DS. Um, they were the first ones for that new hardware generation. Um, they went about a space and time timeline as far as our storyline for the for the main like cover Pokemon. Um, they were neat. They were really they were just different enough. They utilized the touch screen a lot for some different functions that were there, which means we're not gonna have those functions on the Switch, which is fine. Um, but I, I think the most interesting fact of all this is that um, Game Freak's not the one doing these. Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl are being made by ILCA, um, who worked on Pokemon Home, and have also supported such titles like Near uh, Near Automata and Yakuza Zero. Hmm. Um, 
but Janisha Yakuza Masuda, mechanics in Pokemon do well, it. Janisha Masuda is still directing the games, so he, he's still at least observing and, and watching them. But it's it's just that it's not Game Freak doing that, and as we'll talk about in a minute, it's because Game Freak's busy doing yep. something much much bigger. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, similar to you guys, I've I think everybody has had like a Pokemon knowledge gap. Because, like, if you played all of them, you're just a maniac. Sorry. Um, I played all including, of them. Yes, yeah, definitely including you. <laughs> and, um, yeah, you know, I, I got into the early ones, so I had originally blue. Um, I played yellow. I played red at some point. Um, typically, like, it was like a Christmas thing. Me and my cousin would get the alternate versions, and we would trade with each That's other. That's the way to do it. Yep. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, I played through, I think, um, yeah, Diamond and Pearl, Black and White, Sun and Moon, I was very, uh, even Sword and Shield, I, I didn't, I haven't really liked a lot of the newer ones, so Diamond and Pearl is actually the last one I got really into, probably. It, it, it's, it, it's, it's hard to get into them, like, I, I really liked yeah. Sword and Shield, and, you know, I picked well, back that, up. the thing is, it's either Black hard to get into them. Or it's nothing at all for you to get into them. There's no, like, middle ground with them. Yeah, nobody's, like, kind of into Pokemon. Well, I mean, it, it, I don't remember what happened, but one of our friends that we uh, used to hang out when we all lived in the same town and played D&D &D every Sunday, um, mm -hmm. he was like, yeah, you know, I, I want to play, uh, play a game like Pokemon. And I'm like, yeah, that'd be really good. And we thought about it for a few days, and we're like, why don't we just fucking play Pokemon? And okay, yep. cool. So we went to a um, uh, like a mom and pop shop, and we ended up getting both uh, uh, black and white two was out, but we picked up black mm. and white one as well. Um, okay. And we each got the separate editions, uh, and, and we started playing again. And as we were playing those, it's like, man, this is really kind of lackluster, huh? And both of us yeah. were like, yeah, yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and just wait for the new one. So we you know, got sun and sun and moon. And again, that was fine. It did feel, it felt lackluster still. And it, I, I don't think it stopped feeling that way until, um, until sword and shield, because that was a whole brand new thing. But mm. now, even after I was done playing it, I was done playing it. You know, it wasn't yeah. one of the things like previously where it's like, I don't know what to play. Well, I guess I'll play Pokemon. You know, I, I have this thing I can take with. I still have this thing that I can take with me to play it, but I don't have that need or that want to go back. Mm -hmm. it, and that's really weird. That's what I think that they're missing. Yeah. So yeah. And I. Yeah. For me, it was I started with Pokemon Blue. Like I, my mom got it for me at Walmart way, way back. Um, <coughs> I never got red. Um, but when yellow came out, I got yellow. I actually got a, I think I got a special edition system that came with yellow because I wanted it that bad. Um, and then I got, uh, when gold and silver dropped, I went with silver um, because I just never liked the color. I never liked gold. Um, I played that like crazy. I loved silver. Um, that's probably, the gold and silver is probably my favorite generation because I loved the fact that I was revisiting the areas for red and blue. Mm -hmm. Um and then it kind of changed a little bit more. I eventually got the Game Boy Advance ones. I got um, Fire Red. Um, I did not get Leaf Green that time around, so I flipped it. Um, 
Ruby and Sapphire, when those guys came out, I went with Ruby because I had flipped back after getting the... I think I had gotten Sapphire. I was going to get Sapphire, but because I went with Blue, I went with the Red game. Um, then I ended up, of course, like I said, Fire Red, and then Game Boy Advance was over. We got Diamond and Pearl um, when those guys dropped. I went with Diamond because I just didn't care about Pearl. I eventually got Platinum. We mm-hmm. got Heart Gold and Soul Silver. I ended up getting Soul Silver. Um, I think the biggest thing was when they went to 3DS, um, we were all still working together at the time, and 3DS was the first time we ever had a global Pokemon launch, and that was mm-hmm. X and Y. So I got both of those, played those like crazy, got the Omega version, the Omega oh, Ruby Alpha Sapphire. Yeah, and X and Y to me were like one of my favorites because they were the most accessible for people yeah, that hadn't yeah. played Pokemon before. They introduced a lot of new mechanics globally right then. Yeah, that was the next one that we got after, you know, of course after mm-hmm. we went back to it. We got X and Y, that's what it was. It wasn't Sun and Moon. Yeah, yeah, we got and Sun I really and liked X later. and Y. Um, Sun and Moon I thought were very lackluster, and then they made Ultra yeah. Sun and Ultra Moon, which were cool. Um, but I, I liked Black and White, and I liked Black and White 2, because Black and White 2 were the first times we saw an actual sequel happen. It took place in the same part of the world and just took place years later. Yeah. Um, they were neat. I was I was excited about all that stuff. I had a blast with all of it. I played Pokemon Stadium growing up. I played a ton of the puzzle mm-hmm. games. Um, I was super into Pokemon. Always have been. And yeah, I watched. I did watch this this opening. Uh, I, I saw it earlier today, actually before the show, before we all started chatting about it. And this opener for the Pokemon Direct was so good. Like, ton of nostalgia going there, and you see how deep like Pokemon got its claws into society. Yeah, dude. Like I had trading cards growing up. I had like so many everything, man. I had everything. Um and it was so great. Like I was trading on the school bus on Game Boy. Um Uh it was just everything I could do. I, I was just so into Pokemon. Um and I thought it was a really cool video, but I just thought the way they finally confirmed that we were getting um, these remakes so much of the world got so loud and excited but as with the entire Pokemon fandom god damn it if people didn't get loud and bitchy and pissy about it <laughs> typical, typical. The, the Pokemon yeah. fandom is the worst thing about Pokemon yeah I, well for me I, I, it's not something that I like focus on like, I could kind of care less, of, uh, you know, I know that's weird to say about the fandom. For, like, I didn't have, like, first, I didn't have the, like, money to buy the games when they came out. I played a friend's mm-hmm. copy of it. I had the old, like, brick Game Boy playing Pokemon on it, of course. Um, and I, I, I had that thing forever. Like, that thing probably had, like, a cracked screen and... And things like that. Yeah. Um, it, it was pretty. It was pretty muffed up. Um, and it wasn't even the game that originally got me into it. It was the trading cards, because we were playing that in such a different way at the time. Um, you know, you always had your uh, prizes on the side, the six prizes that you lay out, and when it became available for you to, uh, you know, when when you beat one of their cards, cool, you pick up one of your cards and add it to your deck which is typically how you played. I don't know why. My entire town played it a different way, where uh, when you beat somebody's, 
your Pokemon, you take one of their six prizes and set it aside. That card is now yours. Whatever it may have been. Hmm. That was wild. Um, that made some really for some really interesting times in <laughs> because then it forced people to change their decks. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah, that was really, really cool. And it was fun. And at the time we didn't know these cards would be you know, expensive. Valuable. Valuable. Yeah. In, in any sort of value at all. And it was cool because it was like like I remember one time winning like uh, a, like a Blastoise, you know, there were, it was pretty common to win a you know, Blastoise or like a cool Jolteon. Um, I don't know. I don't know if any of us. We probably won Charizards, and I I I kind of shudder these days to think like that. Some of those <laughs> could have probably been first edition Charizards. Yeah. Um, which is insane. But yeah, no, that was what really pulled me in. It wasn't even the games, but the games were kind of like the secondary experience. Which was really, really cool. Um, but yeah, there's there's so much going on with Pokemon right now. Um, so the first thing it looks like they kicked off and talked about was Snap. Is that right? Yeah, they oh, yeah. talked about Snap a lot because it's coming out soon. Um, I'm still torn on whether or not I'm going to get it. I'll probably get it on some kind of a sale. Um, yeah, I don't think I'll get it right away. Oh, I'm, I, I'm super excited for it. I'm definitely buying it day one. I, I wasn't sure. a Snap fan. I, I didn't play Snap back in the day. So I, I did. I, I played the original Snap. My problem was that, like, looking back on it, I rented that game so many times and beat that game so many times. I wasted so much money because once you beat that <laughs> game and do everything right once, there's really no replay value to it. You've done everything. Yeah. Let's um, go play it again, baby. But this yeah. one looks like with like stamps and like filters and stuff you can add to it because they pretty much are putting Instagram in Pokemon Snap. I'm like, I, I a think, little bit better. I think after watching this opening video, there were a lot of things that we missed out on when it came to Pokemon Snap. <laughs> I feel like it was like a Japan thing to print out your photos mm -hmm. and then stick them in a sticker book. Yeah, no, there were there were Pokemon Snap kiosks and select stores that you could upload yeah. your game information to and take photos. That's yep. cool. That's cool. Yeah, that that's a really interesting thing. Man, very time period uh, oriented too. So. Yep. Yeah, I had a, I had one at a local like. Uh, it was when I lived in Kansas City, so I would go to the Price Chopper. <laughs> or it was either I can't remember the two. There was a Price Chopper and a High V, but one of them. You could uh, you could do the printouts there, right. and uh, yeah, I was into that. Nice. All right, and then um, after looking yeah. at Snap, they it looks like they just kind of jumped into some of the mobile stuff. Yeah, um, they just reiterated some of the stuff, which was fine. Um, some of the stuff we already kind of knew was going on. It's a bunch of event events going on. So there's an event Pikachu you can get for Sword and Shield right now. Um, there are special events in Pokemon Go and all the other games going on right now, which is what they just reiterated there. Um, none of it was really too crazy. Um, in Sword and Shield, you can now get a Pikachu that knows Sing, which is whatever. Huh. There's enough event Pikachus out there, but I get it. Um, that's a, I'll never use Sing. Like if I have a high level Pokemon, I'm not going to use Sing. It's going to waste a move. Yeah, they need to. They they do need to cool it on the event Pikachus, honestly. <laughs> but like, all right, I, for, I, real. I, for real, for real, what's cool? Here's on the, the breakdown. Here's, here's what I was talking about. Um, on how they went back to reveal the announcement, and I thought it was just so cool how they did it. They somehow dug out the original DS from, from retirement for this video. 
<laughs> yeah, no, it looks great too. Um, I, I think the joke that was made um, was, "Which one are you? Uh, you know, like, what are you excited for? Are you excited for the Leg or the Pokemon game that looks like Legend of Zelda?" Or, and yeah, it. <laughs> It, it does. They they kept the, and and people are raging about the art style, but like, they stuck true to it. They kept the cutesy original art style from the two D game mm -hmm. and yep. brought it to a three D environment. Doesn't um, look bad. It, it literally so. looks the same. I, it's it's. I mean, you never play a Pokemon game because it looks great. Honestly, come on. Right. Yeah. Um, it's fucking Pokemon. Um, I still hate this rival. Catch um, up. I hate Starly. I hate that dumb little first bird Pokemon you encounter. Um, I hate a lot of things in Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. You know what I love? The underground areas where you're getting fossils. I mm -hmm. love the mini games. You could get all. You could get so many fossil Pokemon and stuff in this game. Um, they also had Buizel and like so many other ridiculous Pokemon that I grew to love. Um, but Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Um, we all knew these were coming. It's just that nobody knew when. Because yeah. it was yeah. the only generation we haven't seen remade yet. So next, we're going to get a black and white remake. Mm. Yeah. That's just make a, make a unified game and call it gray. They could. Um, we're edgy as fuck. But the big one came out right after. So the biggest announcement, yeah. what Game Freak Direct is working on. Hell yeah. They start showing is... this really awesome historic thing. Um, yeah. where they go into like an old history book and show some of the old starter Pokemon and everything, but they're giving us a proper 3D, like, full open-world Pokemon game. Yeah, it's Pokemon Breath of the Wild. It's an action <laughs> RPG. Um, they showed somebody... This takes place in Sinnoh. It takes place way before Diamond and Pearl, so they're at least keeping things together that way. Mm -hmm. But... You, they show the character walking around and just throwing a Pokeball randomly at a wild Pokemon, but in like full like action. Yeah, it, um, the thing that I like is it kind of missed. It didn't hit the po they they're not pelting the Pokemon with like Pokeball. Yeah, it goes bitch. it goes near it. Yeah. yeah, no, it lands on the other side of it, and then you see it like like turn a little bit, and then like whoop, like pull it in. Yeah. So, it, really cool. And your character's running, and then they do this, like, little, like, front roll in the grass, and they're crouched. Um, I mean, there are a few, some of the bigger Pokemon, they, of course, like, it hits it in, like, the armor or whatever, and it pulls it in. Um, but I, I do have a lot of questions about this game. I think a lot of people have a lot of questions about it. I'm, because I'm pumped, though. Like, I... It looks like it's still going to have turn-based combat when you're into the battles. Um... There's definitely uh, a lot of people are complaining about frame rate issues and some dips and stuff on this, but it's also a super yeah. early build video. Like, stop bitching that hard. For real. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's let's wait until it's actually coming out before we start complaining about how it looks. Yeah. yeah. So, it, I'm having trouble figuring out if it's going to be like full action combat or if there's going to be turn based combat because it looked like trainer battles and stuff could still have turn based combat, but it also looks mm -hmm. like we're seeing straight up attacks and stuff happen. So that was the thing that confused me. Is yeah, it was kind of confusing. You, you don't see your character doing... I mean, you do kind of see him standing next to Pokemon. But you're not realistically seeing your character, you know, like, telling Pokemon to do things. Yeah, now, there are some screenshots out there that they released, aside from just this little video snippet, um, where there are, like, you see the moves list. 
so you can you know you're still choosing the attacks to use and stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's right. right there, you see. So yeah, he did pelt that Rhyhorn right in the head. So that does make sense. Oh, yeah. dumb little Bidoof. God, Bidoof's adorable and stupid. Um, but yeah, like when I was originally watching, I was like, is this just kind of like a like an observing uh, like observing simulator, like a collecting and observing kind of thing? Like you're an you're a historian. You're not I so would much be a trainer. Into that. But you're like, okay, I have to collect, you know, one of each, or you know, like one of each, uh, you know, like maybe um, each gender as well to, you know, kind of preserve them. Mm-hmm. Or I, I don't know. I, I I had a lot of questions when I was. Watching yeah, it didn't feel so much to, like a trainer, but you're in the game. You're going off to fulfill the first Pokedex, like which is like a lore novel. You're making the monster manual basically. Yeah, and I love that Arceus is in here because. That's God. <laughs> Pokemon Legends Arceus. Um, yeah. Pokemon finally lets you fight God, and I'm fine with that. But yeah, no. I mean, this thing... Um, I- I'm excited. I'm as excited for this as I was for so- Sword and Shield as we were approaching. Um, yeah, and, and you already made the joke. Like, there, There's the meme going around that I shared with you guys. Like, Which Pokemon are you more excited for? The one that looks like Legend of Zelda or the one that looks like Legend of Zelda? Yeah. Because there's one that's sticking the top-down cutesy chibi art style, which makes people think of uh, Link's Awakening for the new three, mm-hmm. for the Switch remake. Mm-hmm. And then if you look at some of the early footage for this, as with a lot of other games since it's launched, there are some very big comparisons you can make to Breath of the Wild. Um, yeah. Oh, for sure. That's just... That's just how big of an impact that game has had on everything. I do have to pop back just because it makes me laugh just a little bit. Um, when they show the table at the very end and the book is, like, closing or whatever, they show the Pokeball on the table. It has, like, a flip. Like, uh... It lock. has, like... Yeah, it, like, like a, a diary brief, lock. Yeah, like a briefcase lock um, on the front a of steam, it. There's a steam vent in the top of the Pokeball, too. That so, is... The big, one of the big things people are talking about is they are rewriting Pokemon history and like Pokemon lore history with this game um, because they're talking about these original Pokeballs and how like a puff of steam comes out of the top when you throw it out, things like that So, um, I think that's people... what I'm excited for more than anything is, you know, like where, you know, where did this it didn't, it wasn't this way forever you know, mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're breaking the mold of going, hey, here's the same game over and over again. Even with going, okay, you know, uh, Sword and Shield, that was uh, a modernized version of the thing you used to play. And then it's like, okay, you have the modernized thing. Here's something that's different. Very different from even that. Right. They didn't continue and make another modernized, you know, cookie cutter game. I think that's the important thing to take away. For me. Uh, mm-hmm. You know. But... Um, because they were stuck in that cookie cutter phase for a very long, very, very long time, very and that's what time, yeah. you know. I think drove a lot of us off, excluding Johnny. Um, but yeah, it's cool. I, I think um, I, I think a lot of promise, uh, a lot of promise out of um, this Legends title. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's kind of what's crazy is they only really announced two things. Um, all the event stuff is whatever that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, they dropped Diamond and Pearl remakes, and they dropped a th- an, an open world action RPG Pokemon, and I lost my mind so much over it because it was something we it was a direction we never saw happening. Mm-hmm. For sure. 
like I don't think anyone ever thought as much as people always wanted an open world Pokemon game we knew years ago it wasn't going to happen like we just knew it we're the 30 games that if they're going to change the formula they would have changed it by now and then they do this and depending on the success of this this leaves things open for um, games about the other legendaries that we don't get to see much of yeah for sure I mean, a lot of possibility, and it looks like they're just now like, well, we should probably tap into that. We should dig just a little bit more into these. We have a lot of really, instead of creating more content, why don't we try to, you know, kind of use the content that we already have. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, it's a wedding proposal, I think. Yeah. Um, so not really too much after. It looks like they did a post-show thing where they just kind of talked about some of the, yeah, the stuff. Yeah, talked about the starters, things like that. Yeah. Cool. Um, so those were two big shows. I mean, we had a few other things that show-wise that kind of um, came out. There was uh, IGN's Fan Fest, and we don't have any for the live show. We don't have any videos for these, but IGN's Fan Fest that showed off a, a bunch. It had it had a lot of medias. It wasn't just video games. Um, but uh, you know, go check that out if if you think that there's something there that might interest you. They showed off a game that was like a um, kind of a little it, it's basically a game you've played before uh and the name's escaping me i'll have to you know pop back in our chat to um to, to see what that was called but it was basically like the division meets like uh the walking dead where there's like some sort of infected there was pandemic some mm. sort of infected um yep. and you guys are in basically a division style dark zone that you're, uh, you know, exploring and checking out, um, and you can run into other, you know, other groups of people. Uh, so that looked pretty. That looked pretty fun. Um, and they showed off as well. There was a space title uh, where you're uh, like an armed astronaut, and it's you know, like team based, and you know, the, this team versus that team, and uh, you really have to use like there's like a grappling hook that you can pull yourself closer to things you're just floating in the emptiness not in the emptiness of space there's stuff going on out there but um yeah yeah that, that one looked that one looked pretty good oh the first one was the day before is what that's called yeah, so that would be right. the highlight i would say if there's something to go look at from the fan fest i would say check out uh check out the day before that i completely forgot that was the one you sent me and i was like what the fuck cool like it looked neat yeah um just the font and stuff made me think of days gone and everything and i was like eh. and then i looked a little more and i was like oh i, I could see that that looks neat yeah sure sure um, um it, it just it, it screams it screams division now from right out of the gate you know the the font kind of reminds me of the last of us and then as soon as they get into gameplay they show the jeep rolling down the the streets that just have shit everywhere i'm just like yeah so yeah. i don't know that that one's that one's promising it's worth keeping, didn't have it's worth keeping an eye on for so. sure yeah i'll keep an eye on that one because it looks it looks neat there's just a lot of i love the idea of driving around. It's, it's creepy driving around like such an empty environment like that mm -hmm. like no like people or anything just all that litter and everything going on like that kind of stuff is so unsettling to me for sure, yeah, and they and right away there two guys in a jeep, um, and uh, they they're like, okay, cool, why don't we split up? The one guy's like, I'm gonna go check out the skyscraper, and the other guy's like, okay, I'm just gonna hang out here and you know kind of look around, 
and he starts poking into cars and it shows the inventory system um very standard inventory system you know you can put on different gear you have uh you know um outerwear pants backpack he puts on a hat um, because I know that as soon as I loot through somebody's car in a post-pandemic city that I want to put on a cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. This does have a weird feel to it, though. The game, just in general, has an interesting... As much as it's like Division, this, like, the system of, like, gear does not feel or look anything like Division, which is kind of nice. Yeah, um, yeah, it's definitely doing its own thing. And it looks, uh, the setting looks to be um, like San Francisco. I think we see the like, Golden Gate Bridge kind of in the background as he's like running down the street. But yeah, as he goes into a store, um, you know, they're very, by themselves. They separate him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another group of people show up and he's like, oh shit, people are here. And his friend's like, what, you know, where, where are you? And um, so, you know, a small shootout ends up happening after he tries to sneak away. Uh, it's very much that um, what was that Arma mod? Uh, was it Daisy? Daisy. Um, yeah. It's very Daisy about it. You know, it's like you know the people. There, there is something out there that's a general threat, but the biggest threat are the people. You know, the other people yeah. that you'll run into, and I think that'll turn, especially people in this conversation that we're currently having, Austin. It'll immediately turn people off. Yeah. I don't feel like that's your thing. Um, but it does look cool. I think, I think this, um, you know, depending on, uh, you know, how the gameplay feels, how the gunplay feels and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, looks pretty cool. Uh, I I like exploring. You see the, um, you have your health bar in the bottom, um, you know, in the bottom left and the bottom right, your, uh, weapons. The the particle effects and like the lighting are just really, really cool in this though. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but you also see you have a uh, it looks to be like a, like a cold meter um, I would imagine energy and then uh, you know for food and then your um, like hydration and after a few shots start going off that's when the crazies start coming out you start to see enemies um, that are not player controlled you know rushing down the street at, at the player um, and he's just trying to get away. He shoots a few of them. He gets into a building, and he gets basically into an elevator. And they're like right at the door as it closes. Yeah, he just tries to like stun lock a couple of them. And as he goes up the elevator, um, complete darkness. So he has to flip on a flashlight. There seem to be a lot of like zombies or whatever these enemies are. You know, behind. You know, stuck in various rooms that they can't get out of. Um, He's, like, crouching and walking. And I think he finds his friend being eaten. I think at the very end of this video. Um, okay. he, he sees, you know, like a, um, a zombie or whatever this thing is just munching on someone in, uh, in the corner. It, it might not be his friend, but I don't know. could be his friend. That's just where the, the, the video pretty much ends. Um... So, yeah, I kind of hope they do something interesting with this. It would be interesting to have this be, um, you know, you can party up with people, but you can also do, uh, like, a random thing where, Mm -hmm. you know, you just team up with randoms, you guys kind of talk, and if they die, guess what? Their mic cuts off. Um, 
you know you have that's no cool. idea where they are that could be really cool they, they have some um and that's why this one caught my eye so i think this was probably the highlight of the uh, of the show there um aside from that i think AEW did their second show and they released um they released a mobile game uh and it was their like uh, casino uh battle like they have a they always have a um a show called double or nothing and uh the you know the gimmick is like big casino whatever um and that's what this is it, it has a, a a lot of different um you know, player versus player uh, casino s games that you can play um so nothing too big but they did show off some behind the scenes on their much larger title their um console based uh wrestling game for aew that's being done by uh, i think it's is it ukes yeah, maybe it's jack specific i don't remember um and uh it's it's being spearheaded by the guy who did um wwf no mercy mm. which is cool uh that's kind of a fan favorite game and they want to keep it in that style and they were showing off some behind the scenes of you know how they're capturing some of the sound and some of the mocap and things like that which is always kind of cool to see i think but nothing too large to um you know mention outside of you know outside of that they also have another mobile game uh a um like wrestling AEW wrestling management game where you're like a booker and you get to book all of the matches. You basically oh, that's play cool. like, um, uh, like Tony Khan or Vince McMahon's position within the industry of like booking the shows. So that's kind of cool. That's something that's coming up too. Um, but yeah, uh, are there any other things that we didn't talk about uh, within? Well, there's. I mean, aside from what we have left, but is there anything else that we didn't talk about in the sense of, hey, they had... Because there were a lot of shows, I think, this week. Um, um, not that I caught. I was yeah. I was busy enough, distracted with just the two big ones that I caught, which was the PlayStation and the Pokemon one. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so, outside of these events, there was also a uh, an extra thing for Final Fantasy, uh, after the Final Fantasy VII stuff came out. Um, and oh, yeah. Johnny, I know you were stoked for that. Yeah, I was. I was excited because uh, Square Enix made a separate announcement. Essentially, they tweeted it. Um, the Final Fantasy mm-hmm. VII like remake Twitter is the one that posted about it. Um, there are two new mobile games coming. Normally, I don't care about mobile games, but there are two Final Fantasy VII mobile games dropping. One of which is going to be a battle royale, um, mm-hmm. which is called Final Fantasy VII: The First Soldier. Um, from the little bit that I saw on that, I want that to be more than a mobile game. I would love to play that on my console. Um, yeah, like a, a full battle royale game, um, just set in like Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VII uh, era. Yeah, that kind of, it almost seems like a no-brainer to be honest. Yeah, it would have been a big prequel because it's about like Soldier, um, which mm-hmm. everyone knows that's where Cloud is okay. from. Yeah. Um, so it takes place 30 years before Final Fantasy VII. It's this big, ridiculous military shooter, but it's also going to have some creatures and characters from Final Fantasy set, like from Final Fantasy history in there. So you sort of have chocobos mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, I think the thing that scares me is how are they going to handle the gunplay, which you know, with a game like this, is really, really important. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it, it still looks cool. Like, um, you still have melee attacks and stuff like that. You still have guns because you are in soldier. Um, the fact that it's a mobile game is what has it kind of weird. Um, you still cast spells like drop shields and barriers and stuff when you get them. Um, I'm really excited to try it out. Like, I hope this comes to the U.S. in a good enough form for me to be able to play with it. Um, I don't like touch controls. It's going to be my only complaint. If I have a way to map my um, my rate my uh, Razer Kishi to it, that'll be awesome. Yep. Um, but it looks like it took a book out of a lot of the PSP stuff, or it took a couple pages out of the PSP book because yeah. This, yeah. a lot of this combat looks and feels like uh, like it did in Crisis Core. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's that was the thing that I was kind of thinking when I was watching this trailer and. I mean, and as weird as it sounds, I don't know why this feels like... I feel like normally I'd see something like this and I'd kind of scoff at it. Mm-hmm. But this has, yeah, it has a different feel. It, yeah, feels... it has enough that intrigues me enough that I want to play it. Like, I want to give it a shot. Um, I just am afraid that there's going to be so much going on that I won't be able to handle it as a mobile. Yeah, I mean... As long as there's a way to map some sort of controller to your phone, and you don't have to, you're not forced to do touch controls, I think that this could be um, pretty successful. I think that's going to be the hinging factor, is if, if you can, if you can yeah. map something to it. Um, and but then there was they, one more, right? They did. They announced one more that is even bigger, and I was very excited for this one. Um, mm-hmm. They announced Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis. Um, Ever Crisis is a full retelling of the entire Final Fantasy 7 story and by that I don't mean just the Final Fantasy 7 game I mean that it's going to also show us Advent Children from the timeline it's going to show us mm-hmm. Crisis Core Dirge of Cerberus which was the Vincent Valentine game yep. uh, it's going to show us for the first time ever in America before Crisis which was the game about the Turks Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of crazy. Uh, it's taking a weird, like, um, they're, they're calling it a nostalgic visual twist, and anyone that's seeing the videos can see that it's kind of a mix between classic Final Fantasy VII, um, but also, like, a little bit chibi art style added into mm-hmm. it. Like, it's weird. Um, I am very, very excited for this. So, there yeah. is standard combat. It says, um, yep, real time. future real-time action-based combat with ability summons. I imagine it's a little watered down since it's a healthy retelling of so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really cool because there's a lot to, uh, you know, a lot to absorb throughout yeah. just Final Fantasy VII alone. Yeah, yeah, and when you yeah. get out of it and get into like the other games like Crisis Core and Advent and the movie Advent Children and all that stuff, there's a lot. Like the Final Fantasy VII, it's its own little universe and so much takes place within it and sometimes it can be hard to follow. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a really awesome approach and it's also going to be a solution to the people that are bitching about Final Fantasy VII Remake taking forever before the full game comes out. Yeah. Um, I feel like the people that are complaining about Final Fantasy VII Remake quote, not being a whole game um, can kind of shut up after realizing how much Final Fantasy 7 there is. Yeah, they're, they're putting is... five games, basically, into this mobile game. Yeah, and this is kind of what I was talking about when people are like, Final Fantasy 7 is going to be episodic. I was like, it already has been, technically. Yeah, yeah no, um, it was three discs, originally. 
Well, I mean, just the, that, I mean, just the first that, game. Uh, yeah, I mean, I look at it as episodes like Crisis Core was its own episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Advent Children Church was Service. its own episode. Like, it already was. It's just that now they're breaking it out to be different. But now they're giving us this. Um, we don't get it till next year, though. So 2022, this is probably going to be one of my more anticipated 2022 titles, though, which is really weird to say. Yeah. Yeah. Before it being mobile, for sure, yeah. That's cool, though. Um, it's weird that they didn't proudly display these two things on, on something more. That that feels odd to me. Because I feel like Square Enix, they're always, like, dicks out all the time. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say the funny thing, though, is that we did get this announcement. We have still heard literally nothing on the Xbox version of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. But yeah, that pretty much wraps up the big, uh, you know, like, reveals. hey, here's the big reveals for the week. Uh, there, of course, there's probably more peppered up in there. But, uh, of course. You know, uh, we, can't, we can't get all of them. Um, or we'd be here forever. Uh, so, not to be outdone, uh, <laughs> we have a slew of fun delays. Yeah, we, this, we always try to finish on a bad note. You guys know that. We always try to finish on a little sour taste. And it's not yep. necessarily always bad, but... It's an aesthetic. Um, it's a, yep. an aesthetic uh, choice. We, we kind of have a, uh, a delay-o-rama going on. Um, and if history proves, we'll probably learn more about three hours after this episode's over. <laughs> yeah, because... And I, I'm going to switch up the order. As soon as our last episode ended, Retromania's uh, uh, console versions were delayed. Yeah. As soon yeah, so as we ended, I, that. yeah, it, it was uh, the joke that we had. Um, so they said that the PC version was still, of course, planned for launch. That did launch the 26th. You can go pick that up now on Steam. That's mm-hmm. um, a console cert issue, basically. Yep. Um, so uh, it, it'll go. Um, let's see. What, what did they say? They're missing the launch window. I don't think they actually had uh, a better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. window for console yet but they are Nothing saying that definitive. they're extending their pre-order um, window and the pre-order cost uh, you know it, throughout this period of time at, I think they said twenty four ninety nine um, when we were writing uh, you know, writing this uh, over on Steam it was twenty five forty nine. Mm-hmm. so not true okay. not true <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that's just kind of my segue into, yeah, delays immediately happen pretty much as soon as we're done here. Uh, but we can go back to the top of the order. Talk about the yeah, so um, I guess this is, this, is, this is a delay, technically. Uh, it's been delayed completely out of existence forever. Goodbye. Um, yeah, uh, so what we were expecting from the big Anthem 2.0, Anthem Next, quote-unquote, Yep. Uh, launch basically the idea that Bioware would try to go back and fix Anthem the way that like No Man's Sky did. Um, and they spent a lot of time and money working on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's not happening. Not happening at all. Um, yeah, basically straight up, it's like uh, you know Bioware and EA had been looking into like, okay, is this worth anything? Like, is this worth pursuing? And their kind of final idea was the same that they the same conclusion that they came to with. Um, uh, what was the uh, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, which is like this, you know, we're just shooting ourselves in the foot by pr- trying to pursue this. It's not happening, and it's not going to happen. 
I, I, f I find it incredibly weird that they that they would do that at all. It's like, why go forward with the idea at all? If it's if you're yeah, not if you have something confident. that's already failed, why would you come back and try to fix it? It's like it, it's just throwing good money after bad. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, toward a toward a bad project, pretty much. Yeah. If, if you don't have the intention to support this thing, you know, it it seems kind of like a like a fruitless effort, and it feels very money grabby doing that too. Um, quick, quick side thought. Can I just point out how fucked up that ad is for that school on the right side of your screen, uh, where you're <laughs> screen sharing? Because it took me a minute to get it, and then I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, to anyone listening that doesn't see it, there's a, there's an ad for a school that says, graduate in uh, the little arrow to the heart, meaning less than three years. And it's a person holding up what looks like three fingers until you realize that they're missing the tip of one of their fingers from the knuckle up. Um, <laughs> so I'm not up. sure how that got through their marketing. Um, oh, it's just God. a little... Just Are you sick of working up. construction and losing fingers to bandsaws? Damn. Like, <laughs> it do be like that. <laughs> that's that's what I'm taking from this ad. Because uh, wow. Wow. That's cool. Wow. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, yeah, Anthem bump. Next is donezo. It's, it's weird. Uh, I mean, I know a healthy amount of people just personally that were like, I'm, I can't wait for Anthem Next. I think... You know this idea is super solid, and uh, you know them, you know making a promise to you know take yeah. it next level, take it to you know the place that Final Fantasy fourteen went to or No Man's Sky went to. Um, like I liked Anthem, I, I liked original Anthem. It's just that uh, we said it multiple times for other games, Anthem's problem wasn't what it did and had; it's what it didn't do and didn't right. have. Right. Right. I, yeah, yep. I I agree. You know, it, the marketing uh, filter you were saying, you know, the marketing yeah. did change over time of saying, hey, this is what it is, and it morphed into this is something else. But I think people were still in that original mindset. I know I was kind of in that original mindset. I wasn't mad. I was disappointed that it wasn't as storytelly as it could have been um, yep. and that there was really no point in doing what we were doing. But I really loved the combat. And that's the... Uh, I'm hoping the silver lining we get out of this that they take this idea that they had let's move it into something move it into something, anything move it yeah. into Mass Effect yeah. um, like I, well that's I, what's I, interesting too I mean, it, you know, Bioware's kind of gotten stuck on a tread lately I think and it, uh -huh. it's the same thing with Anthem it, or uh, sorry, with uh, Andromeda um, the combat was really good the general moment to moment gameplay was really good it, the story was bad or you know, it just wasn't enough to keep you engaged, really. And I hope so. It's I hope they're realizing they're not a story studio anymore. Or you know, either okay, try to repair your story stuff and try to get it back, or just understand, oh, okay, that era's over. Yeah. Um, we're I, gonna we're gonna go you know dig deep into um, just making really good gameplay experiences and maybe outsource uh, some of the story stuff or make it so the story is not a vital part of the game. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah, I think that that I think they've been trying to do the first part of that that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Oh, we need to restructure and make mm -hmm. this make us a story studio again. And I think that's where they keep failing. Yeah, incredibly hard to do. Yeah, 
it's like you you're not going to get that out of these people who are like oh but then you know they're not excited for it you can feel the excitement when you play something you can feel the passion that went into it um and i don't know it ain't there on a lot of these anymore it's tough that one's a tough one to um you know especially when we were uh excited to you know hopefully just pick this up again and you know have have this new thing to it um these guys were all moved to pretty much working on uh dragon age yep uh the new dragon age title and for me which we will is that good or is that bad yeah what does dragon age (laughs) have in common with anthem i hope nothing (laughs) i I hope absolutely nothing yeah uh maybe maybe a decent art style gameplay Mm. yeah doesn't really really need gameplay i I, I really like the anthem (laughs) gameplay yeah, no, Anthem's gameplay was great, but I just don't know. Dragon Age has never been like this, I don't think it's about the gameplay, gameplay at all. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. that's kind of just the, the the frame, you know. That, that Which unfortunately for me is why I never got into the Dragon Age games prior to Inquisition. Yeah, yeah, but um, you know, who, who knows? I mean, th- there's other subtleties in there. You know, good. Uh, you know, good audio work, good uh, you know character creation, model creation, visual effects, uh, art direction. Sex. Yeah, we need. To, <laughs> I need to be able to boink my coworkers. Anthem didn't have that. I know. No. See, Anthem maybe that's what they missed. Have, up. Maybe that's why we. That didn't was a major flaw for sure. We we didn't get Anthem next, but maybe we'll still get Anthem sexed. Mm, I can forward you to some stuff online. Yeah. Um, so speaking of uh, <laughs> extremely damaged studios, um, Damn. Cyberpunk 2077, they basically wanted to come out and say, like, okay, our, our patch that we've been expecting for a little while is, is going to be a little more delayed um, just because of the uh, <laughs> kind of IT, like, cyber attack. Uh, I mean, there, there was some more stuff that came out about this after we saw this initial kind of comment, I guess. Um, they have some members of their team that haven't been able to work for multiple uh, weeks. Multiple weeks. Uh, I guess basically the main attack vector for the cyber attack was through some of their like uh, virtual server shit. So somebody was able to like get in through their kind of remote working structure and was able to attack the company in that direction. Yeah. So. They're like, oh, okay, we'll we'll kind of disable that. We'll we'll cripple that for now until we fix it. But basically, that means all of our remote contractors are literally not able to do anything. Yeah. So um, they're talking about okay, patch one point two um, is you know we were hoping to release it in the previously explained time span, which is like March. Unfortunately, this is not happening. Um, we're still we're now aiming for a release in the second half of March. Um, our goal for patch 1.2 goes beyond our previous updates, overall quality improvements and fixes. Um, and they're going to let us know as they get a more solid release date, basically. Nothing unexpected here. But, um, yeah, it is kind of like, man, they just keep taking these just brutal hits. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of like the fight's over, you know? Just well, it is. It's, it's, like, it's like they just keep getting up, and it's like, why? Yeah. Like, I mean, just stay I, down, dude. It's I, over. I do, I mean, that's what Bioware I, said. Yeah, I do want them to continue getting up, but it's like, at this point, I don't feel 
like I just feel bad. I feel bad for everybody. For yeah, every, I'm really I've people lost that a, work there. Yeah. You know, it just, I've lost a lot of confidence in the studio in general. Um, I I mean, I still think that the product that they deliver. My experience was fine. I understand other people's experience was less yeah. than perfect. Um, in in uh, pretty much across the board, um, man. And, and that sucks because I still think that this game was really fun. I still had a lot of fun playing this game. Um, and you know the the story the storytelling was it, it was good. It wasn't amazing. Um, it was it was good. The gunplay was very fun. You know it, it, I don't know it had a lot of it had a lot of redeemable qualities. Um, and I really hope that they're able to you know make that game at you know in the future they're able to make it what they originally wanted to make it get that kind of you know they can't get the man that game was so good i like yeah it's not i can't wait until shot at this point yeah i can't wait until the next cyberpunk game or whatever uh, or the next dlc but i hope they can get that you know hey it was trash at launch but have you guys played it now like yeah there's a there's a chance of a redemption arc for sure It, it does depend a lot on their uh future patching on dlc on uh that 4k you know next gen edition mm-hmm. um but yeah, I, which I, I imagine we won't even get until probably next year we're probably not getting until point. next year yeah. Yeah. um if we still end up getting it <laughs> if, if we if, still end up getting it at all yeah if they're not completely buried by that point which yeah, I mean, th- that's what i'm like that's what i don't want to happen i don't want a a, a good studio to be buried by people that made decisions for them. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's it's uh, it'll be interesting to see. I guess what their continued. Um, I, I guess uh, yeah, they're they're just in such a difficult position now. Yeah, coming from probably the strongest position of any game company. Uh, well, maybe maybe the people that got the source code can start their own studio and hell yeah fix some stuff. Oh yeah, maybe we should hook him up with. Uh, What's your for it, baby? Uh, maybe we should hook him up with uh, uh, Robert Mariner Dodds. Oh yeah, let's get well, that you never, going. I'll model uh, some. I'll model some stuff he needs it for sure. Yeah. You <laughs> never know what you're uh, gonna get with shit like this because it is entirely possible that CD Projekt Red is gonna be the company that releases Vampire: The Masquerade Bloodlines two, <laughs> because that has been fucking taken away from the development studio that's been making it for the past three years. Yeah. What yeah. the fuck? That... Segways, baby. Segways. So, Hard Suit Labs has been working on Vampire the Masquerade Bloodline 2. And the announcement that they made is, hey, they're no longer working on the title. We yep. thought that we were working with a uh, release of 2021, which I think it was early 2021. I thought it was quarter one 2021. It was, yeah, um, that was after a little bit of a delay. Um, and because of you know the virus last year and everything yeah yeah and i pretty much they were just like so not only is hard suit labs no longer working on it we can't even release it in 2021 yeah. and we're unsure if this is going to release at all so it's pretty Ever. much shelved indefinitely until they get I think they're saying it shelved indefinitely until they find someone to work on it who's not hard suit labs. Well, it's going to be totally. I mean, um, if you look at, it's not just you know, it's one thing if you 
are an employee at, you know, EA Tiburon that's making the, you know, the Madden game every year or whatever. Like, it's it's one thing to say, like, oh, okay, like, Jeremy wrote this. This looks like dog shit. I don't know what this code's doing. I'm going to have to Fuck restructure you, it now. Yeah. Fuck Jeremy. That's one thing. To get it from a whole other company, and, like, this is the publisher pulling the title. So this is Paradox in Sweden. So they're probably going to want to give the game to somebody in Sweden, Norway, Finland, you know, Estonia, maybe. You know, they're going to want to give it to somebody nearby that they can keep a tighter eye on. Yeah. And imagine getting code in a foreign language to deal with. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have to, I mean, they're, they're going to have to do the game from scratch. I just don't see how you can pick up from where they are and continue. Especially if, if the, if it's going bad enough that you literally have to take an entire studio off of the project like if you they've lost complete confidence in any employee that works there right so it's what that means yeah Yeah. i mean they're literally it's not like they're changing who the manager is they're literally taking the entire project away so it's like you know it's so brutal i don't know if i've ever heard about something like this of this scale Uh, yeah this late in production but yeah, it's like, and what is that? People have been know? playing demos of this. Like, it's certain levels are playable, and basically, you know, they're they're at a beta level done. So it's like, I just can't imagine what led them to this state. It's totally bizarre. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where? I mean, click on that second link this... I put in. If you go to Hardsuit Labs's page and you click, they have three tabs: games, careers, business. If you click games, it goes to a fucking 404 page. I mean, this Ooh. this company's probably doomed. They're probably going to get closed. That's I mean, rough. They're, they're fully owned by Paradox. Yeah. So, it, it's brutal, dude. I, I've never seen something like this that I can remember. I'm sure this has happened before, but um, it's, it just seems crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, no, I mean, th- this, this studio has to be... But they're looking Underwater. for a senior environment artist, a lead character artist, and a lead concept artist. That better be for a new fucking game, bro. So that's interesting that it's so um, still going to a hard suit labs. I feel like these people are just going to be moved to a different company, pretty much. I don't Within, know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think Pierre. I, I, I well, these. Assume, I mean, these. Um, oh, there are temporary or remote. These jobs have, are probably. They've probably been up for months or weeks they probably didn't just put them up yeah no these probably just temporarily run anything that they'll get they'll probably just they probably already have an automatic kickback that says like oh no we're no longer doing that no thank you it's it's possible um yeah it's it's brutal it's it's interesting um wow yeah i don't i don't even know where else to go with that because i feel like they had this game we've seen this game and now, what, whatever they shift it to, if we end up getting another game in the title, it's going to be something completely different, right? Mm. Just I gotta be naughty. Yeah. All right, so that's that's kind of our downer section. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if the last thing's a downer. So or... I've been I've been really trying to since I famously uh, destroy people's ability to be happy by the end of the shows. I've been trying to put something a little more positive or. Maybe not automatically positive, but hopeful at least. A, at the a, end. a, a spin, yeah, a, a Shyamalan twist, mm. kind of, is what I would say. Twist. Yeah. So, um, basically, because it, this was sort of 
part of the dragon or the uh damn i just blew the just blew the goat right out the beginning yep. there it's so um <laughs> after the anthem decision where it was like okay this isn't working bioware like we cannot continue to ask this company to um you know, make games that they don't know how to make basically so um basically jason stryer the absolute god greatest of all time inside knowledge he has just a microphone inside bioware at all times apparently um, how does he have a microphone on every he, did, did he give out pens at a convention that well he's the one audio? that he's the one that hacked cd project and he did this to bioware a long time ago and they never noticed <laughs> Fuck. He has everybody's personal cell phone number and everything. So, yeah. uh, allegedly, he uh, basically released this news. Um, they've made a major pivot on the next game in the Dragon Age series, uh, allowing Bioware. So this is what really interesting phrasing here, and I think, you know, maybe from you know somebody who was in college or something, I wouldn't take the the word choice so seriously. But the fact that this is you know, one of the, probably the, one of the, if not the most foremost voices in, like, games journalism, mm-hmm. um, allowing the developers to remove all planned multiplayer components from the game. Allowing is a major fucking Al- word choice there. Yeah. Like, that that implies that Bioware was like, please don't make us do multiplayer on this, dude. It's gonna fucking suck. Well, that's and what EA it was like, that... we have to. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, yeah, well, allowing. That's making money. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the next Dragon Age, which doesn't have an official title or release date, has previously been designed with a heavy multiplayer component. Um, they asked not to be named because they were not authorized to speak about it. In the recent months, it has transformed into a single-player-only game after EA was stung by a series of multiplayer flops. They say one, and they're talking about Anthem because of Bioware, but yeah. they've been hit pretty brutally with a couple live-service games back-to-back. And obviously, like, you know, the Amazon game studio is basically collapsing because they're incapable of making a live service game uh with like an unlimited budget (laughs) yeah no this is really calling back to that time when somebody in the industry was like oh uh people don't want single player titles anymore and yeah yeah, it's also because they saw the success yeah i mean it's not just the fact that they saw flops with multiplayer stuff but they also saw some success with single player stuff yep so they mentioned uh, a huge one yeah they mentioned jedi fallen order down here um Mm -hmm. it won critical acclaim it outperformed their sales expectations pretty significantly it got more than 10 million players in four months Um, so you do that and then the other they said the other main thing that drove this decision was anthem's massive failure Um, like who, who would who would have guessed that doing something that your fans are asking for almost by name yeah would be successful well it's it's, hey we'll buy this if you make it and then they're like well actually here how about this yeah it's like that's what you need to that's where you're messing up and uh it is it is like kind of interesting too that they you know he talks about down here he just has such a long history of tracking all this shit at bioware um the the you know, the squeakwool to Dragon Age Inquisition was first in early conceptual phase in 2015. Uh, by 2017, they basically canceled it and they said, we're making a Dragon Age game that is a live service, right? Um, that changed. Then we all groaned. Uh, yeah, everybody threw up worldwide. It was like a, it's like a worldwide brown note was hit. Yeah. Um, that <sighs> caused creative director Mike Laidlaw to leave. And several employees said it's going to be... Or, uh, yeah, several employees said, great, we're making Anthem with Dragons. Which, that's a bad sign. 
So, um, yeah, I mean, that right there, if you look over and they're like, hey, we're doing this, and basically the leader of the locker room goes, no, fuck that, I'm out. Yeah, that's bad. That's not a great sign. You need to be going, okay, well, what do we need to do? What do you think we need to do to, you know, make this happen? So It shouldn't have been. Yeah. yeah the, um, the benefits that we see here, I mean, I, I guess the, the silver lining stuff is basically – um, the Bioware's leadership team has been fighting to pivot to single player only, or you know, possibly including um, you know the the kind of unusual multiplayer that like Mass Effect Three, Dragon Age Inquisition had. Um, I, that was actually pretty popular. People still play that, um, and that was a big thing that people were talking about with the Mass Effect trilogy uh, remaster that's coming out. That it is going to have, uh, or people were asking, is it going to have that that old multiplayer mode that we know, um, which is kind of interesting. It, it was really it didn't work in Inquisition, but I know the Mass Effect one was kind of popular. Um, I expected no. Well, but... it's like you know it, that's the thing that really blows me away on this type of thing. Like you know, Uncharted had multiplayer, but every, it, like it's dog shit. Everybody knows that, and. It's not like, you know, some people play it, it's fine. I mean, it's in the same engine. It's it's using a similar gameplay mechanics, so, you know, it's Yeah, it, it's, it's not playable, what you're here for. But it's not what you're here for, exactly. So, um, basically, um, yeah, I guess we don't really know. Like, you can include multiplayer in things like this, and it can be good. But it has to be designed in, right? Like, if... if uh, you know, if my boss tells me, okay, make a Microsoft Excel program that gives me new data every five minutes or whatever, and then halfway through I'm supposed to pivot, oh, okay, make it in, uh, make it for iPad using this Mac software, and it uh, it doesn't update every five minutes. It Each point updates within five minutes, but each point is on a different sliding scale of when they update. That's just a different project. That's not, it's not like you're pivoting, <laughs> yeah. like, that's a new thing. You're telling me to cancel the old thing and start a new thing. Yeah. So if I'm hoping... you have hoping, to ask, do I cancel the old thing and do this, or am I doing right. both of these? Like, right. So that's, that's that's where the question comes in. Like, we know that the leadership team has been fighting for a long time to keep single player. Um, I guess we can only hope that they've basically just kept the good shit in their, bad, or their, in their back pocket in hopes that they would eventually win the argument and they could drop that shit on the table and say, okay, the, this dumb shit is out, we're doing the good shit, right? And sure. I, I think that is something that, that, that's kind of famous that game designers do that, right? Or uh, developers, I should say. Because that, you know, it's people that are like, oh, this game would have been so much better if we were allowed to do X, I'm going indie and I'm going to make a better version of this game that I worked on, right? And we've seen right. success stories out of that. Uh, we've seen, and over and we've over definitely and over. seen failures yeah. too, but I mean, you just typically sure. don't hear about it because it's not fucking EA spending, you know, seventy million dollars on something that sells thirty copies. Yeah, it turns into like, eh, okay, you just never well, hear about it, right? Yeah, yeah. So it just ruins one person's life instead of a hundred or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> or in this case, I mean, it, what's brutal too is you start looking at uh, like this is why I'm really confused with publishers right now because I, I think. That this kind of ties in with EA, of course. This ties in with anybody. I mean, Activision. This ties in with Paradox. Why did you buy this company if you don't like what they do? Yeah. 
Like, what is the point? Like, they're they're just acquiring. They just don't know what else to do. Like, Paradox, at the end of the day, they see uh, a company, not like a personal profit, like, you know, this is a bonus that everybody gets, but a company profit of, like, $500 million. And they're like, what the fuck are we going to do with this? Like, we don't have any ideas for new games. We're not going to make Crusader Kings 4 for 20 years. You know what I mean? There's no reason to start now. So they just see all this money and they're like, oh, well, we have to grow the company, right? Like, that's what corporations do. They grow. So, oh, okay, we're going to just go acquire somebody. Who's up for sale? Oh, we can get hard suit labs for, you know, you know, $100 million or whatever. So they just do yeah. it. And it's like they don't even like the people because we know that at Hard Suit Labs, famously, their entire leadership team had to leave last year. So it's like, okay, you don't personally like them, so it's not like a nepotism thing. You don't like the game that they're making because you're literally refusing to work with them now. Um, with EA, you you bought a single-player story-based company whose gameplay was hit or miss, and you want them to be... You want them to make the next Destiny. And it's like, that doesn't just... It, that's, it doesn't add up. So why are yeah. you acquiring these people that you fundamentally disagree with? I just don't get it. It's just such a... I, it's a, it's I, just I, an example of, like, we have to grow, but we don't know why, and we don't have a goal. We don't know what we're doing. We're just... This thing is just getting bigger like a fucking tumor. I think it's, I think it's a lot to do with, okay, cool, we can see where the studio is lacking. If we can make their gameplay better then it'll catch up to everything else that's really good and we'll have a hit. But then they neglect the other shit. People yeah. start to leave. This isn't what we do. Uh, and then, boom, you have something completely different. Uh, for, I don't know, for other reasons, the only thing I can think is like maybe Tool, acquiring tools yeah. that they're using. Well, that was that the goal developed. with like Frostbite, right? Right, right. That's uh, Famously, that's the one that you kind of think of when you think like, Oh, why are we acquiring this? Uh, oh, for the tools. Yeah, Frostbite's the first one usually. That's what Amazon money. did with the... They didn't acquire Crytek, but they acquired that fucking engine. Yeah. So, uh. yeah, it is... I mean, it is weird. It, it's just... I, I just don't... Um, I mean, I guess this is going to piss everybody in the world off. Uh, so you can direct your hate mail to, uh, you know, mainwithgamesinc at gmail.com. And it's like, <laughs> like Tencent. We haven't seen Tencent fuck with a company yet, right? Like, they now own, like, 46% of the video game industry or whatever the fuck. But, like, they acquire a company, and they're, I mean, from everything we've heard, this could change, of course. But um, they're just like, okay, so now you can kind of take these risks and you have this, you know, you have, you know, X number of dollars that you can fall back on and we'll support you up until that point. Yeah. Right? And nobody has hit gone past that point yet where they start to get in trouble so i we just don't really know um when we don't know when that kind of good faith runs out i guess so it it will It'll happen of course we'll it we'll will. find out eventually but for now that seems to be the only like tencent like they don't they're not trying to make games they're trying to make fucking money so they're like oh, oh i like money um you know they'll be like Bro, I really like what fucking Deep Silver's doing. They're doing some really cool shit. I really like the Epic Game Store. I think it's a really interesting idea. What if you had unlimited money? What would you do? <laughs> oh, okay, we'll just buy in. So it's, I mean, sure. you know, we'll, I guess we, we'll have to wait to find out. Because that was EA's original goal as well. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so it, it could turn evil at any moment, I guess. But um, 
I'm, I'm looking at what we're seeing here for Dragon Age, and I, to me, this is um, really, really good news, mm-hmm. uh, because it gives them the chance to not focus on this fucking multiplayer stuff. I, I'm saying, all the way back to like Mass Effect 3, mm-hmm. I was looking at the game going, it's fun, but why the fuck did I need this? Well, yeah, things are starting to, like, you're starting to see, like, writing on the wall, and I'm pissed that I called it with CD Projekt Red, and I guess I have yet to be proven on that. But they are, I think they're going to follow the exact same trail as Bioware, which is like, build up, get too big for your britches, fuck it up. And on the first thing you fuck up, you keep, like, you keep hammering out on it, you fix it, you make it better. And Mass Effect 3 ends up being amazing after the DLCs, after the fixes that they did, after the end game extension and everything. And then, you know, I definitely see that happening with Cyberpunk. Like, oh, okay, we're gonna we're gonna, you know, expend all this, extend all this shit out. We're gonna make it look better. We're gonna add some extra shit here and there. We're gonna add some DLC. We're gonna add some new characters. So yeah, I can see yeah. that all working. And then on the next one, they fuck up and they're like, "Bro, we lost our ass on the last one. We can't do this again." And then on the next one, they fuck up and they're like, "Okay, just throw it out." And then it's like, yeah. "Oh, we're gonna go back to basics. We're gonna make Witcher two again, basically." And then yeah. I don't know where and you I... go from there, but. I think with Bioware, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing them yeah, go... Yeah, we've seen the collapse I, of the studio almost. Yeah, so the way I'm seeing it is, like, they can't really go... They're, they're, they're saying, we're remaking these games, and when you remake these games, you're not going to learn storytelling, but you're going to learn how they made the game. Yeah, you might. You can pick up some, some tips. Right. Um, At why was this successful? Oh, this is why it was successful. We did thing, They did things this way. And then now you have this new generation of people... You know, doing things in this you know, in in the way that the previous studio found success. Um, I think that's one of the things that we've famously said that uh, Bioware is like, and it, more so, I feel like this is on EA's end. They're not allowing these people to go, hey, like, and I think that's a video game industry in general of going, hey, let me pass on the torch. They go, no, I want to make the make video games pretty much until I die. And I don't want to share any of my insider knowledge with anybody else. There's not, like, I know from looking online, there is not a wealth of internships at video game studios. There's not, you have to have, they still want you to have, like, at least one AAA shipped title to get an entry-level job. Yeah. Why is that? That seems very very weird to me and i think it's because they're not looking for people for entry-level jobs uh with entry-level experience to do entry-level jobs they're looking for veterans to do entry-level jobs and that's not passing the torch that's not keeping the industry uh you know growing and moving in in the right direction that's uh making it stagnant um and i i i I think Bioware, EA, EA is definitely known for that. Bioware is uh, uh, an, an effect of that. So, I don't know. I think that brings up a whole other conversation that we probably shouldn't dive into today. Yeah, I don't have sixteen hours. Yeah, to talk about the to talk about the like the industry and how it uh, uh, probably needs to fully unionize and yeah. I don't think we need to dive into that old boy today. Yeah. Uh, so go check out any of our other podcasts. 
uh, because that's where you'll probably find find something about that. Uh, but I don't know. I, I uh, all in all, I, I think that that's a good move. Remove that. They don't need to be worrying about multiplayer because Dragon Age yep. isn't a multiplayer game. Let's just fucking figure our shit out that we're good at, and we'll move on from there. Yep. All right, but that pretty much wraps up the show. You guys have anything else that you want to pepper in? Any jokes that we didn't hit on or anything like that? No, we already covered cyberpunk stuff. Oh, covered fair, cyberpunk. Fair. Um, <laughs> Damn. Did anybody make a farty noise? I think you did that earlier. Okay, perfect. Oh, wait, we already talked about cyberpunk. <laughs> I, see, calling them a farty knot, I don't know. People like farty noises. Maybe wet farty noise? Okay. Anyway, uh, if you guys get the chance, head over to facebook.com backslash Mammoth Games Inc. Uh, and chat with us on the daily about all the stuff that we talk about here. We uh, definitely look forward to those likes, comments, and shares as well over on Twitter at Mammoth Games Inc. So you know we go live and do junk just like this uh, for Mammoth Games Inc. Thanks for joining us. I'm Nightswarm. I'm Filtercord. I'm Johnny Riot. Have a good one.